Hello everyone and welcome back to the kickabout. Chelsea hammered at St James's Park and Garnacho sends Neville into meltdown. I'm your host Chris. I'm Pete. I'm Josh. And I'm Dan. and welcome to episode 152 of The Kickabout. You'll notice that Lee's not with us this week. Uh, he says it's because he doesn't want to go to work, but I suspect it's probably because Shearer's here. Ooh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lee hopefully will be back with us uh, next week, um, depending on whether Chelsea win or not, of course. Um, but in the meantime, we've got a, a packed show. Last week, obviously, we were a little bit short on things to talk about with uh, with England. Even when England play, there's nothing to talk about, to be honest, because it's so fucking boring. Um, but Premier League is back. Plenty to talk about, plenty to get our teeth into. But before we do all of that... We'll start with this. Damn the stat, man! Oh, you don't even need your phone now. No, because the problem is, I'll, if I read it off the phone, I think I'll end up reading the answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've got a good one this week, unless any of you have seen it. So if you have already, then just keep quiet. Um, so one of the scorers from this week's load of games has become only the third goal scorer to score in all of Europe's top five leagues. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get the answer to that later on, as always. Um, quick fancy league update because for a change, gentlemen, for a change, I had an all right weekend. Yeah, I saw that. I've had an okay weekend. Oh, shocker. Yeah, I did as well. Oh, it's music to my ears. I had a couple of injuries, didn't replace them. Absolute shit show. And Son scored three goals, all disallowed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you captain him? No, luckily not. <laughs> I went for Haaland. So he was my vice. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah I had uh, the only transfer I made this week. Um, I brought Reese James in, so that didn't go so well. Um, just, a, just a minus three on Reese James. <laughs> um, <laughs> a really good game, though. I'm getting really bored of Ariola. I've had him in goal for ages. I mean, I don't. Like, I look at his points and they're so bad. West Ham just don't keep clean We've sheets. We've kept one clean sheet all <laughs> yeah. season, right? Um, and that was on game week seven, so it was literally like seven game weeks ago now. But the problem is I've always had loads of other players I need to get rid of first, so Ariola's always been less. But I've got Edison as my backup goalie, but he's just as fucking yeah, bad anyway. Yeah. When was the last time they kept a clean sheet? Let's have a little look here. They get one against United, and that's obvious. Um... <laughs> And then game, <laughs> game week six. So they've had two clean sheets in six game weeks, six or seven game wow. weeks. Um, so I brought yeah. in Gay because they were playing Luton and they lost 2 1. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. So yeah, I ended up on, uh, on 59 points. Mohamed Kud has bailed me out because I, I was at Longley on Saturday and even though I had signal, I couldn't actually see anything. And I'd only seen that West Ham were 1 0 down. And I was like, oh, here we fucking go again. <laughs> Be the first one to uh, give Burnley a home win and all that. And then check later, realised that Kudus had um, come up trans with two, uh, two assists. Uh, I had Anthony Gordon, he showed up, which was nice. Saliba, Pau Torres could have had a couple, What do you mean actually. he shows up? He's always showed up, mate. He's the best player in the league. Not since I put him in my fantasy league team, he hasn't. Well, take him out of your fucking team, then. <laughs> no, no, he's in there now. 13 <laughs> points of the weekend. That's right, then. Um, and then Harlan captain. So, yeah, I've got... Uh, 60 points overall once DRB comes off my bench. Uh, Pete, how'd you get on? Uh, I took a free hit because the majority of my team I hadn't looked at since this shitty international break. And then half of them got injured through it. Um, <laughs> the rest of them, there was just like hard games and I didn't really want to risk it. So I just thought I'd take the free hit while I've got it. 
Um, I was actually quite confident with the team I had because they were all playing teams like Luton and that. And I was an absolutely shocking. I think I got about like 28 points. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I went back and totted up my old team. If I didn't tinker with anything, I would have ended up with 64 points. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I'm left dirty. with a shit team. For, well, they've, they've got some decent games, like another like one or two more decent games in them. Well, the free hit is, uh, that's one week only, so your previous team will come back. Fantastic news! <laughs> <laughs> so you're all right. It's only the wild card that's permanent. Free oh, hit's only for yeah. one week only. Oh, I'm all right. I couldn't give a fuck. I love that. <laughs> uh, Sheeran, how'd you get up? Yeah, pretty much the same way as Pete without using one of my main things. Got 28 points. Didn't take out Van der Ven. Didn't take out Madison. <laughs> So I've had an absolute shocker. I think I finished on 25 points. 27, according to this. Mm. I've, my ones on the bench will come in mm. to replace us. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah, you're up to yeah. 32 then. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I just go through your team, if I may. No, uh, Steel, zero. Anderson, one. Van der Ven, zero. Steel hasn't played since, like, the third game of the season. Trippier, one. Diaby, one. Willock, zero. Madison, zero. Son, two. Salah, ten. Ferguson, five. Highland seven. That's the thing. Willock probably been really consistent since he's come back from injury. I see two hours before the bloody team sheet's revealed that he's had to be taken out because he's injured. <laughs> I mean, you say he's been really consistent, but... Um, in the performance-wise, performance bloody points-wise. <laughs> That's what fucking Premier League is, isn't it? <laughs> points. You don't get points for... Not, uh, not for a player com- be old, but you've got two points today and you're... Yeah, but you don't get points on FBL for past completion, right? <laughs> yeah. Depends. Sometimes you do if they get man the match. Well, let's just run through his uh, points, shall we? Nought, two, one, one, nought, 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 Pedro Porro, Salah and Haaland. I had fucking Diaby who got taken off at half time. <coughs> he so, was shit though. Yeah, he's already gone for Anthony Gordon. Um, oh, you made oh, the change already? That's yeah. ballsy with uh, European games midweek. I missed the price drop though, annoyingly. Uh, price rise. I mean. Shearer's grown two inches. Oh, <laughs> oh Anthony Gordon. Um, Just yeah. calm yourself down, otherwise I'm going to have to open up both the double doors to get your head out of here later. <laughs> I brought him. <laughs> Brought in Solanke and Bournemouth scored three goals. He didn't get involved in any of them. So, <laughs> you know yeah, what? it just I'm, wasn't my week. That I came off of that on, from the weekend, right? I'm looking for all the updates. How are Pompey doing? 4-0. Uh, oh, all right, bollocks that. Then I'm seeing Dan's messages about Solanke. Oh, Bournemouth winning 3-0. Ah, oh, Solanke's not got anything. Oh, my team's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's an interesting one. So I've, I've made up a little ground. I mean, I'm still... Somewhat cut adrift at the bottom, um, but in like the, the valley one, for example, I'm only 10 off uh, the bottom. Hilariously, I have to beat the person who's second bottom. Do you know who it is? Sammy, isn't it? No, it's Pong. Gobby and Gobby. How is he still in the valley one? Because I can't get, I don't think I can kick him out, or can I? Can I kick him out? Can we do it live on the show? <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't know if I can. Was it like a big brother eviction? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Press red to evict one now. Um, so, yeah, and then in one or two of the other ones, I'm still like 20, 30 points behind. So, I'm, the comeback is on. We're in a busy Christmas period, so I'm uh, not coming last. I'm get, I've got to, you know, stay in the league, not get relegated. That's my, uh, that's my goal. Right. Uh, let's, uh, let's turn our attention then to our kickabout alternate universe. Um, this week, I asked all of our uh, guest panellists this evening to basically build their own footballers. So, I asked them to uh, pick the, the head 
uh, the chest, legs, and the feet of a football player and come up with the perfect build for a football player um, and justify the reasons for picking them. And then we'll pick which one is best at the end. Um, Shiro, first mm-hmm. of all, are there any Newcastle players in your uh, in your team? In, yeah. your, in your player? <laughs> yes. Actually, let me rephrase. Are there any non-Newcastle players in there? Yes. There are. Okay, progress, progress. I, I got told I won't be able to come back if I put them all as Newcastle players, so I, <laughs> I will be, I will edit you out of this podcast if they're all Newcastle. <laughs> there's um, one, there's one. <laughs> go, go, go on then, go on then. Give us your team, Shira. So my head slash brain is Maldini. Okay, yeah, like it. I just think he's the best defender of all time. Really, like, clever with the ball. Like, he just always seems calm under pressure. So he's my top one. For my upper body for strength and physique, Shearer. The way he was able to like roll people off for strength and yeah, I, I don't think there's many better unless you can put fucking Akin Fenwer in there. Like, <laughs> that's just ridiculous if you're putting him in there. For legs, I I was stuck on this one because I thought potentially either Hazard or Henri mm-hmm. for my ones. I think. Hazard, when he had those few years in the Premier League where he was just unplayable. I was going to say, are we talking legs of Chelsea or legs of Real Madrid? Mm-hmm. I don't think any. I don't think he could stand on his legs. <laughs> We're going to go for the Chelsea one, but yeah, his lower sense of gravity and those times that he did play, he was unbelievable. Same, like you say, with Henri, probably more longevity with that. So it was a toss-up between them. Then the final one with feet regarding their touching ability, I went for Dennis Burkamp. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I just think with that one, like the goals. Well, I'm that, very much on board with that thinking. Uh, Burkamp's class. If you have a look at the goal, like even the goal against Newcastle, where he's turned maybe the other way and turned around that way, the goal from Holland against Argentina, where he's like studded the ball down so it looped over his foot. I just think, he's, yeah, I think he was unbelievable with that. Yeah, I think he was kind of underrated a little bit because he was in that team with like Henri yeah. and. Perez, Jungberg, and stuff like that. He maybe didn't yeah. get the recognition that he deserved. I think the only thing that probably was his downfall was that he never went, he never travelled no, because he, he he was scared of aeroplanes. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that, genuinely, that, that, genuinely, yeah. he would wow. he, he, he would never travel by plane. If they got to the Champions League final and it wasn't in this country, he wouldn't have played. <laughs> it was always like by boat or something like that. Yeah. He, would, he would never set fly. off a week before. Yeah. <laughs> walk it. So that was the only that's the only thing that I think would let him down with that sort of thing. But yeah, I think the more he was you know. pure class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, okay, good team. Uh, Dan, <laughs> mine's very different. <laughs> um, I went brain slash head. I went for Perlo. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. I was torn between him and Messi, but I'm a Ronaldo guy, so I went for Perlo. Oh. Um, but I think I thought Messi was too obvious, so I wanted to go for someone a bit yeah. different. Um, yeah. And yeah, just Perlo, obviously, what he'd done in the game was just unbelievable, um, including like the Penenka against England, I think it was. Yeah, to have oh. the bollocks to do it. He did it in, he the, did Euro, it in, the, yeah. in the Euros final against yeah. France, wasn't it, as well? Mm-hmm. Um, aerial dominance, I did have to go Cristiano Ronaldo because he's just an absolute mm, shock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is where I've gone a little bit different um, so you said upper body and then it said like slash strength well I was just giving you potential avenues to say this is why I'm picking that okay. person well this is why I'm picking that person I went for Akin Fenwa <laughs> <laughs> I knew it I knew it I knew it uh, so Fuck yeah my um, player's a bit lopsided <laughs> um, and then you put leg slash pace I think pace or power something like that so I actually went for Adama Traore. Nice. 
So, yeah, think of a rapid Akinfenwa. That's fucking frightening. That's, <laughs> like a ri- that's like a rhino running at you. Can you edit the pictures of all of these people put together and see which one's the most grotesque? That is a very good idea, yeah. If, <laughs> I, if I, I get love, time, I'll put that on social. I would love to see the body of Akinfenwa on fucking Traore's <laughs> And then you've got with, the the, with, with Perlo on there. Unbelievable. I will, do you know what? I've got uh, a friend of mine who does my video edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a friend of mine who does my video editing for my gaming YouTube stuff and he's been getting really good on Photoshop so I might say to him do you oh. fancy, uh, fancy putting these together for me? Oh yeah fantastic um, yeah, and then I've gone for the feet and skills of Ronaldinho so nice. I've got tiny, oh. little, tiny little feet on tiny there. tiny little feet <laughs> excellent uh, right Mr Pete okay I mean I've gone fairly similar to, to Dan in ways um, I wanted to try and put a few different players in there but I also wanted to try and keep it Premier League. Um, for the head, I've gone for De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. I just think that he is an absolute magician and centre midfield is just mm. such an underappreciated position. Yeah. Um, the balls that he can find and his overall performances week after week, year on year, it has to be in there yeah. um, in terms of knowledge. Um, heading ability, Peter Crouch. I wanted to put Ronaldo in there. But I've put him elsewhere. I mean, it's not exactly hard for people, <laughs> although we did try and make it look difficult at times. <laughs> he had to duck because they were too low for him. That's why. <laughs> um, upper body, the same for strength wise. I've gone back in Fenway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then again, also trying to put De Bruyne on Akin Fenwa. Oh, really <laughs> right. These, these edits are going to look. Hideous, <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's going to be absolute shot that sort of thing. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. I think for you, mine will probably look the most normal at the minute. <laughs> like, could actually look like a genuine person. Um, uh, physique, Ronaldo, yeah. absolute workhorse, and he he looks all right. <laughs> oh, does he? <laughs> He's a bit of all right. <laughs> Um, for the legs, I've gone with the, a player that I mentioned to you about a year or two ago. It wasn't a championship, that Daryl DK. Oh, I remember you talking about him, yeah. As I like to call him, the quad father. <laughs> <laughs> quad father. He is absolutely rapid. He's actually the strongest um, player on FIFA as well. I love that you've added in your own category as well. Yeah, just do what you well, want. Quad just, just, just quads. No, the, no, I meant the physique. Like You've gone head, upper body. Put in one in the middle and then go next. <laughs> He's just going limb by limb. We're going to get arms next. No, he, he said about the like the physical side on as the in one body. Ver- so as in one thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Like the, well, the idea was so when I put it in there, let me just find it. So I said um, head or brain or head slash brain in terms of what you wanted to go for. Then upper body, legs and feet. Yeah. Yeah, you've okay. done. So well, which one's the physique? You've, you've done, done upper body, so cool. torso, quads. Got to get fucking kneecaps well, in next. He's going to add goalkeeper hands. <laughs> right, Check Grealish's quad. Pieces, uh, pieces of the second generation <laughs> of uh, football builds. Just from that little dig, fuck Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with Akin Fenwa <laughs> on Daryl DK's legs. Uh, and for the feet, I have I've gone with Messi. Yeah, nice one. was body with Messi's feet. How is he going to sustain himself <laughs> with that? His centre of gravity is going to be so high. <laughs> yeah. A mild breeze will blow him over. <laughs> but when he gets going, he's gone. <laughs> just, yeah, he just won't be able to stop. You'll need, imagine, you'll need like a runway, like a two-mile <laughs> runway to slow down. Imagine the speed of like, well, you wouldn't really know Dal DK, but imagine the speed of some of those players with Akin Fenwa's body, though. That would fucking... That's being any sort of... 
If he like was on a pitch and he was running right and he just couldn't stop, he'd run through the stadium I'll tell you what, that'd be, that'd be, and out the other side. That's Forrest Gump, isn't it? Where he, he doesn't stop, he just keeps running through the band and all sorts. That'd be him. Oh my god! Uh, right then, uh, do you know what? Next week we're doing this, but for the worst. Build. Okay. So can think of the combinations that could come out of the worst build. <laughs> Mine Dan's players are like fucking homunculuses. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Catamole's in Mine's trail. Like. Right. Um, so for the head mind, um, I went Dennis Burkamp. Oh, um, yeah. So similar sort of thinking yeah. for you, I guess. Yeah. Just because some of the things he did was just like to even, so easy. to even think to do some of those things mm. in the in the in the intensity of, of a game like, i think of the goal you mentioned about the new, holland yeah the goal against newcastle those are things that are just i've never seen anything like that no they're just another newcastle. level of genius um so yeah he's there upper body i went triore yeah, um fair. just you know for baby oil if nothing else um <laughs> bit, bit of all right yeah yeah a bit of, he's a bit, a bit all right, <laughs> he's there, a bit all right yeah um right legs I want to cast your mind back. Uh, anybody, anybody here play uh, Pez back in the day? Yeah. Pez what? six. Adriano. 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 Ninety nine power, baby. <laughs> Ninety nine shot power. That bloke's legs were unbelievable. Cheat code on that game. You could shoot from practically if you, anywhere. If you got the old Master League on Pez and you bought Adriano and Roberto Carlos, <laughs> that left side was <laughs> unbelievable. You could shoot from halfway. You could have anybody playing on the right. You could have the absolute shit players on the game. It wouldn't matter because they're never touching the ball. No. No way. So yeah, Adriano for for legs uh, and for feet. I had to go with Ronaldinho. Yeah, that's fair. Genuinely, the one of the most, probably the most exciting football player I've ever seen. The only yeah. one, the only one I was torn on for for head um, and brain. I thought about maybe going Zidane. Mm. Yeah, he was, I he thought was one Zidane. I was torn the only with. reason I didn't go Zidane is because I thought of the time that he head butted Maserati. <laughs> And I thought head all the more reasons. Yeah, I was going to say he's proving his heading ability. But I just think, like brain-wise, like you're in the World Cup final. <laughs> it's you, true. You, you've done a Penenka against Buffon, scored it. Like you're in the semi-final, he smashed Brazil. Like he was Brazilian. Yeah, the Brazil fans literally clapped him off. Yeah. That's how good he was. Then he's wearing gold boots, and you're thinking it's made for him to win this World Cup. And what does he do? Absolutely knock his head into his chest and hadouked him into fucking the shadow. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, that was good. I enjoyed that. Right then, who do we think is the uh, the king of that though? That's the the question. Ooh. I feel like Dan, just run me through your one again for me. Uh, Perlo, yeah, at the top. Then Akin Fenwa, then Adama Traore, then Ronaldinho. I mean, just for the sheer lack of uh, cohesion between body parts. I think you just got to, we got to get the picture. Well, <laughs> maybe we should, that will that will decide. Yeah, maybe we'll find no the fucking point going for my and Dan's, and if you want cohesion, <laughs> <laughs> if we get the uh, the photos done, That'd then be, we'll uh, we'll decide. It'll be the ultimate like gym rat, won't it? Be absolutely yeah. massive up top and no leg down. Yeah. <laughs> In comparison, <laughs> he just you'll see like his chest muscles and his arm walk through a door five seconds before you see oh, his legs. I've got Traore's legs, though. He had, like, absolute... I thought you meant you did. I was all right. No, not me. Oh, OK. Yeah, I mean, Daryl DK's legs are, like, the size of my whole body. So, so yeah, fair so, enough. So, look. Fucking hell! I remember um, Roberto <laughs> Carlos had that, those sorts of legs as well, yeah. and he was quite small. Absolute tree trunks, weren't mm. they? Right, so there we go. Uh, let us know in the comments or whatever um, what your uh, picks would be and whether... Uh, you'd um, pick any of ours over any or I'll start that again which is which one of those is your favourite is what <laughs> I was trying to fucking say not using your brain or knowledge <laughs> it's been a long day <laughs> right uh, let's move on then let's uh, let's talk some Premier League nonsense then shall we we're going to start 
um, with a game that was probably, from a neutral point of view, a game that we probably didn't want to see Man City win for the sake of the Premier League. Um, so a Liverpool drawer uh, bails us all out and keeps everything nice and tight and nice and interesting, uh, with Arsenal now, of course, topping the Premier League. Um, what do you guys make of this game? So I found this one... Uh, I mean, I don't know if, if Allison had a tenner on Man City to win, um, but Anderson certainly did his best to keep this game entertaining, didn't he? What do you guys make of this one? Yeah, it was a bit bitty, I thought. <laughs> I just don't think it's a bit, bit bitty, yeah. Anybody else think Little Britain? <laughs> yeah. <in> <laughs> just put the fucking voice in there. Bitty. Um, yeah, I just don't think anyone kind of like shattered themselves in glory, really. And I said it's given Arsenal a bit of a free hit top of the league yeah I've, I've yeah I couldn't really make much of it to be honest with you yeah I mean when, in what I saw of it obviously this was the early game so I wasn't able to see it and to be honest I didn't see anything live on Saturday because I was out all day um, it felt like the game played out kind of exactly how we thought it would in that Man mm. City would have a lot of the ball they'd have the lion's share of, of the shots and it was just more a case of could they could they break that uh, wall that was going to be Liverpool's uh, resilience um, and get that second goal. And the longer the game went on at one 0 you just felt uh, this mm. is this is not mm. going to uh, be enough. Um, and whilst the the goal was a very well taken goal, it almost felt inevitable by that point, didn't yeah. it? Um, Dan, I mean, does this? You know, we we spoke last week about Liverpool. I think you know being the main contenders for the or one of the main contenders for the league. Mm. Does this tell you anything about Liverpool? As their title credentials, do we do we now have to take them really seriously now they've done this? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've obviously gone toe to toe with City. Um, I thought it would be a draw. I think this game usually is, it does end up in a draw. To be honest, um, I thought there'd be more goals in it, but yeah, I, I, it was the the result I was expecting. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think the the only thing I would say with this one is that um, I found it quite interesting that the, the the lack of quality that was in the game. Yeah. Um, Man City at times struggled to really, you know, get their sort of flowing football going. And I feel like they've, when you look at the league table and you look at historically, Man City have always been a little bit slow out of the gate in the first part of the season. So the fact that they are where they are is probably a worrying sign because teams have to get ahead because you know what's going to happen in the second half of the season when Man City kick into overdrive. Mm-hmm. So I would, I, I feel like, um, this game was was tailor made for for a Man City dominant performance, but Liverpool just mm. they're just so resilient. They they don't yeah. they never look sure of themselves though defensively. Uh, Pete, I mean, were you surprised they were with Allison doing his double best? Were you surprised that he did only concede the one goal? Yeah, he, he had a, a bit of a let off throughout the whole of the game, really. Yeah, um, I don't know. Liverpool had that all season where they've had a bit of a shock in forty five. And then they have a really good forty-five. Yeah. They, they they never seem too far away from a masterstroke, but also an absolute calamity. <laughs> Allison, although he's been brilliant for years now, as um, he got let off quite a lot in this game. I f- I don't know what you guys feel, but whenever I um, because Allison has been very very consistent. But if I cast my memory back, you know, a season or two, whenever Allison has one of those games, it's never one mistake. No. It's no. always just like it's like his head is completely gone, and it's just mistake after mistake after mistake. His kicking was horrific in this game. Yeah, um, I mean they didn't show it on on match today, but it was his kick, uh, his kick out that I think led to Man City's goal because he tried to release Salah quickly, mm-hmm. fucked mm-hmm. the kick up, gave it back to City, and then they I think went back and then scored. 
It, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting game to watch from from Man City's point of view. Erling Haaland continues to break records. He's a beast. Um, I believe now that is uh, fifty goals in forty eight yeah. Premier League games. He fastest is fastest to do it, isn't he? Fastest to do it by some distance. I think the next nearest was Andy Cole on sixty eight. Yeah. I think it was it's then Shearer and then Aguero. Oh, Aguero, sorry. I think Lineker had done it in like ninety something. They brought yeah. that up on match today, but. Um, yeah, it's quite astonishing that he's got 50 goals in 48 games. He's averaging more than one goal a game. Yeah. Uh, he's just... He's not... I don't think... I don't think he's a good footballer. It's oh. weird, this, isn't it? How how could we be sitting yeah, here having he, this conversation about somebody scoring that many goals and say he's not actually that good as a footballer? But that's the thing. <laughs> you don't need... Like, with the team that Man City have, you don't need to be a good footballer. You've got somebody like Rodri, De Bruyne, Doku, who are good footballers at the feet. He is just a good striker where he knows which position to be in, how to finish. Yeah. That's all you need in that sort of team. He's, just, he's a predator. You've got Ake in that team. I think that shows you don't need to all be great. <laughs> I don't think that's hard. I think Nathan Ake is really game. good. I, I think thought, he was very good in this game. I thought he had a good like game. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Has he got some kind of link to Southampton in his past? Is that why? No, Bournemouth. Bournemouth but oh, okay. still, I don't think he's that great. <laughs> yeah. I think Harlan just got himself into a really good position and read, read where the ball was going to go. Yeah. yeah. And I think there was a good... Alisson should have saved it as well. I think there's a good kind of like comparison because Nunez was in a very similar position but fucked his touch. Yeah, but he was yeah. at the two or he's three each game. Bloody Neanderthal. He's honestly <laughs> just head down and just. Ugh. Speaking yeah. of Nunez, what does anybody know what happened between him and Pep at the end? Oh, I don't know. Because Nunez looked like he was the instigator. It looked like he said something mm. to Pep, mm. uh, and Pep almost looked a little bit shocked at what he'd said. And Nunez was was. Yeah. Trying to carry on, Klopp was trying to pull him away, but I don't, I haven't no. seen. I swear, he, I've, I've seen like a comment. Pep said he didn't know what he was saying because he doesn't speak Uruguayan. Oh, I see. Or whatever language he speaks. Yeah, he was a bit confused. Okay, um, so maybe that was why Pep looked a little bit like he wasn't really entirely sure what was going on because he maybe just didn't understand so just what didn't it was he was, what was saying. Going on. Another contentious penalty decision there against. Yeah, Wolves. I didn't think. That was yeah, a Gary O'Neill was going to be um, fucking spitting feathers at the end of this game, <laughs> wasn't he? So yeah, um, but with Harland, I always I watched some of his um, sort of compilations yeah. uh, in the last week or so because I knew he was getting close to this record. I knew it was coming sooner or later. Um, and he, look, if you look at his technique and the way he does things, he always looks like he's off balance, hmm. like constantly as if he's like on the verge of falling over. But he never seems to never seems to. Uh, he's very forward uh, heavy, isn't he? Imagine like him back in Fenwick's body. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> oh Harling's god. Harland's head back in Fenwick's body would be hilarious. <laughs> oh um, but it's, I think it's just I don't know if we're being too critical with him because can you honestly cr- level any criticism at a player who is clearly very well aware of his own limitations but I don't think, I don't and playing think to his strengths. Yeah, I don't think it's a criticism at all. Yeah. I, I think it's more of a praise that he's that good at finding space and knowing the runs and knowing where to be and how to finish. Yeah. Like I said, it's, he's, yeah, I think he's brilliant. I, I think he, he gets away a lot with bullying defenders though because mm. I always see him tugging on shirts or ripping them back and yeah. it's never pulled back. Do we, yeah. uh, you know, like there has been conversations already that have ha- happened, especially on, on sensationalist journalist programs like Talksport, where they're, you know, already putting Haaland in like the greatest Premier League strikers of all time and that sort of thing. Yep. Do we think that we're getting hung up a little bit on in today's world anyway of players needing to be complete players? You know, they have to in order to be considered a great, they have to be good at fucking everything. You think about goalkeepers, for example. We judge goalkeepers these days 
on their ability with their feet, not necessarily their ability as a shot stopper. Look at Aaron Ramsdale. Fantastic yeah. shot stopper because he can't play very well with his feet. Same with Nick Pope. Can't Nick Pope, for shit. exactly. All these goalkeepers. Anana brought in for that reason. Joe Hart was ousted at Man City for that reason. Are we are we a bit too judgmental and we maybe we could just break it down a little bit more and just say, you're a goalkeeper, your job is to fucking stop mm. the ball going in there and you're a striker, your job is to score goals. That's, that's modern football, isn't it? Because like you say, back when we started, when I started watching football, a right back was a defender. You defend. It's not necessarily you always bomb forward, whereas yeah. now... They are bombing forward, or they've become like an inverted midfielder, yeah. like what Trent does now. And that's what kind of City tried to block him from doing was coming into the inside role, so he could start pinging out those passes. Yeah. Football has changed so much, yeah. you know, in the last sort of 10, 20 years. I mean, at work today, we were just sort of doing trivia off of um, sort of certain stats, and one of them was, you know, which Premier League footballers completed the most passes in Premier League history. And if you reckon, if you guess who it is, just a clue. Gareth Barry? No. What, what Premier League player is there? They're a midfielder. Completely the most powerful. <laughs> Carrick? No. So that's the sort of. That's the players that you thought. So for, yeah. It's got to be somebody who's a bit out there then, is it? What would you say? Um, top, top team? Centre mid, yeah. Played for a top team. Skulls? No. So yeah, this, that's the sort of Jordan Henderson. Really? Mm. Wow. And all of the players in the top 10... Always said, were, he, always said he deserved a place in the England ...were team. like modern-day footballers. Your, your skulls, your Carrick. They He's weren't probably getting the like fucking ball going, I don't want this. That's the difference in modern football. Like It is a lot of ticker-tacker, a lot of passing around, whereas, yeah. you yeah. know, sort of teams back in yeah, the Yeah, because if you go in the stage, you're never putting Jordan Henson yeah. ahead of people like Skulls. Exactly. Do you think yeah. that's another modern thing as well? Everybody's kind of hung up on stats... Very much so. Mm. I mean, you know, Premier League clubs have like, I don't know how many jobs, but they've got multiple people working for the clubs who, who purely look at and analyse statistical information about their players. Mm. Everything from sprint speed, positional, yeah. uh, conversion, passing, heat map, mm. exactly. Everything is statistically driven. It's kind of like um, sort of a, a very evolved version of the movie Moneyball for anybody yeah. who's seen it. Great you know, that's like the, the first iteration of it where they were looking at key stats and thinking, well, how can we get an edge Who gets on one, one thing exactly. I always yeah. see being brought up a lot by like managers and, and pundits and stuff like that is like distance run. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. No, I mean, you know, a, a Michael Carrick wouldn't be sprinting here, no, there no. and everywhere yeah. all over the pitch. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. But where the fuck's XG come from in a fucking mm. I, that's what, Do you know what? As stats go, that's the one I fucking hate the most. I hate that stat so much. Just how, get it. how do you quantify what is a good chance? Mm. You know, because a good chance is mm. surely subjective again, isn't it? I don't know. But um, no, it's an interesting conversation to have because sooner or later, if Haaland does stay at Man City for long enough. even a couple more years, it doesn't have to be very long if he carries on at this rate, no. um, he's going to be very quickly into that top echelon of goal-scoring Premier League strikers. And these conversations about where does he sort of rank in the all-time Premier League goal scorers or all-time Premier League players, maybe, yeah. those conversations are going to keep coming up. And I feel like people are going to have these thoughts about him and say, well, yeah, he scored goals, but never linked in play. He never dropped in and helped build up the play, did he? He was like, well, he didn't fucking need to, did he? Because no, he was, he was at the end and scoring goals. the goals. Who was who that player that's um, ex-player now that's made this like football tournament thing where they can like make up their own wild cards? And oh, it's not PK, is it? Yeah, PK yeah. and the Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know like, what you mean. Do you know who she? The wild card should be. We just get Craig Dawson in for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps Harlan quiet. Yeah. Oh, do Virgil Van Dawson. Um, speaking of PK, we didn't talk about this on the uh, podcast. But I think it came out afterwards. 
Um, did anybody see the uh, story about uh, Sergio Ramos? What was Shakira? With Shakira, yeah. So for those that didn't see this, <laughs> obviously PK and Ramos, uh, massive rivalry at club level. Obviously yeah. they were international teammates, but massive rivalry at club level. Um, so him and uh, PK and Shakira have broken up because PK decided that Shakira wasn't hot enough for him, no. um, <laughs> and decided to go and um, play, play away, play, play elsewhere. Yeah. And uh, so Shakira wrote this song basically all about PK and the breakup and it's like done really well globally and everything else. And she went to an award ceremony to pick up an award, like a Grammys, like I think it was like a, a Latin Grammys type thing. Who's presenting the award to her? Sergio Ramos. You <laughs> know, you know whoever organised that like, <laughs> uh, made that. Like, ooh, I'd love to know if... if he was already booked for it or if he was, he was only booked after yeah. they decided that Shakira was going to win. It's just, that's top level shithousery from, uh, from Ramos. <laughs> maybe he, maybe he asked to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that's forward. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Following on from being booked, he then got a red card on the weekend. Well, yeah, so something came up, and I don't, I don't think this is true, but apparently it is true. It is. It is it's, actually yes, true. So why did the, so, so he, he was on a yellow card. Yeah. And then he's clipped the, the striker and the, the referee's given him a second yellow and send him off. And he's like, no, 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 that's not. Go and look at the, go and look at VAR. So the referee's gone to look at it and he's gone, no, nah, yeah, you're right, it's not a yellow. That's a fucking straight red. <laughs> Ankle high challenge. Just I, I cannot believe that the referee, off the back of what Sergio Ramos has said, has gone off his... Unless he's already had the word in his yeah. ear to say, you need to go and have a look because mm. this might be a straight red. If a referee is going to look at the VAR booth on the back of one player saying something, that sets a very dangerous precedent. <laughs> and you can see in the pictures, Rakitic is just laughing. <laughs> God's sake. Oh, dear. Right. With... The, with just before we move on to this one, what do you think Trent's best position is as a full uh, I don't field? know. Um, Bench. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know with Trent because I don't know... Because he wants to be a ball-playing midfielder, right? Well, that's seemingly where Trent... Uh, sorry, where Klopp is trying to use him a bit more. Obviously, Southgate, Southgate. is used in yeah. there. I think to be in that role, you've got to have an element of positional sense and defending sense, and he doesn't. Because he used to play midfield, didn't he, as a youth player right. I think you don't if you're going to play him in midfield I think you almost have to play him as like almost like a 10 well, I, keep him away from the defence what mm. I find weird though is that he's got probably one of the best managers in the world at Liverpool why can they not coach him to defend that's it's weird isn't it it's weird because I swear like the defending side of it never really got brought into question until after they won the Premier League and the Champions League but I think that's because he was doing so well going forward that people just overlooked it whereas nowadays he doesn't um, um, and obviously Liverpool as many, themselves get as many assists. Mm. So I think people are noticing his defending yeah, a, lot a lot more now, yeah, yeah, because he hasn't got the goals and the assists to back it up. But also Liverpool were in a real purple patch. That was when they had the sort of the um, the deadly trio up front. Mm. They were top of the league. They were you know winning trophies, etc. So the ball was a lot more in the other half. Yeah. Well, yeah. that, but also you know you had Van Dijk was in red hot form. Yeah. Uh, he was doing a lot of covering, and as you say, they were winning games. So it, nobody needed to look at that, and there was never a question. But then as soon as Liverpool had that season where it all went to shit yeah all of a sudden now now the focus is is on that defense because they were so leaky and it started to highlight and it was yeah you know there was no smoke without fire with this you've we've all seen the compilation videos of Trent's defending at times in the last 12 months it's been shocking at times it's dereliction of duty i would go as far to say in some cases yeah what was that who put it on the chat earlier about shushing 
Oh, yes, oh, he yeah. might be getting in trouble because he shushed the Man City crowd. Are we really at that point in football now with, with all these snowflakes where you can't put your finger to your lip <laughs> to a group of fans who are probably calling you every name under the sun and then Trent's the one that's oh, going to get in trouble I'm for not it. being funny. Like, you have a look at some of the celebrations people have seen in the past and had no repercussions from. Like, even back in the day when Robbie Fowler was pretending to snort the fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and you compare it to that and you're like, oh, come on now. That's what I said about the Adebayorgo. He ran to the other oh, end of the pitch yeah. <laughs> to slide on his knees in front of the arsenal. <laughs> At least Trent, like, was already in that part of the ground when he did it. He didn't leg it up the other end. That was one of the most iconic celebrations. That's my favourite celebration. celebration. Yeah. But that's the thing, like... You think back to those sorts of things, you do say, like you say, it is iconic. Like the picture of him shushing like them, like when you see it from the back, is brilliant. Mm. I think it's a brilliant well, You image. just see all the angry people, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Like I, said, I understand like, it's inciting them and making them a bit angry and whatnot, but surely that's football, it's emotion. I yeah. love when... And a, they're already angry, they're just waiting yeah. for an excuse to shout at someone. Yeah. I love when a, a player scores a goal and they, and they run to the corner and you just see Barbara going... <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you get like the fucking 10-year-old kids. You oh. can see them like calling everyone like, see you next Tuesday. So like, where's your dad? What's he doing? No, the dad's doing it next to him, that's the problem. <laughs> He's down in row A with a little... <laughs> oh, dear. If, if Man City... Just totally hypothetical. If they got deducted 10 points right now, would you still be confident they win the league? As of right now? Yeah. Yes. Who's sitting? Yeah. 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 No. Oh, okay. I don't. I think... Based based on history, we know that City, every, almost every season, will kick in the well, game the second were, half of the year. What, 16 points behind Arsenal at Christmas? That was more Arsenal's problem, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> still, yeah, but still City still up, had though. to catch yeah. up, didn't yeah. they? No, I, I think that would be a bit too much for them. I think... Ten points, that's three wins and a draw. That's not that much. Mm. Yeah, but then you... Like I said, I know Arsenal, They've just got obviously. the squad depth. To me, that's... It's not even mm. necessarily quality. It's the squad depth. And that's yeah. why they always... You know, people forget that that's why they're kicking the gear so much yeah. in the second half of the season. Because every other team gets through the Christmas break and they're all fucked. Mm. Man yeah. City... Like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Man yeah. City are just rotating left, right and centre and all the players are still yeah. fresh. Same with like Brighton. You know, they started the season off really Smashing high and then it, yeah. recently they've been drawing and losing yeah. to teams you wouldn't expect it's, them to. It's crazy because if I asked that question of any other team that got docked 10 points, all the answers would be no. Yeah, it? absolutely. Mm. But that's testament to just... The, how, the, the good team how good they are or if these teams were given 10 points I'll be really intrigued <laughs> yeah. to see maybe that's what we should do now have a handicap system in, in the football <laughs> well like golf yeah Luton plus 20 give United 20 points from now but they win the league no no uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, dear I'll be intrigued me. to see what City like when Guardiola eventually goes yeah yeah, he's going to be do you think he goes as soon as they get like their point or whatever deduction because they ain't going to get nothing. Well, that, but also it's going to be so long before it, that happens yeah. anyway. Mm. Um, I, I reckon it's within 10 years that happens. I, Dan, I, th- I think he'll... football before they... <laughs> yeah, fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think with Pep, I think he's historically never been... Uh, this is the longest he's ever been at a club, I believe, yeah. with City. So a little bit like Klopp, sooner or later they are going to want to either take, have a new challenge or have a break. They'd have to go international management. Yeah. You would yeah. think so, because neither of them have really got a great deal left to prove at club level. Both good countries to go into as well. Yes, and, very much yeah. so. Both both sort of, uh, if, if they do manage Spain and Germany respectively, they're both nations right now at least are mm. sort of in a little bit of a transitional phase 
I guess you could say, it's given not like they're Bolivian or something like that. No, <laughs> I'd love Klopp over in like Saudi Arabia and hear the new excuses. The pitch was too dry. <laughs> <laughs> the whole country's too dry, Jurgen. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I'm not discounting the fact that either one of those could go out to Saudi, take a massive payday for a couple of years, <laughs> go and put your go and put, go and put your feet up because you ain't got to work that hard. Well, and Mourinho's then... on about going out there. Oh, of course he fucking will. He would love it out there. He would have the time of his life out there. <laughs> Stadium's too quiet. Huh? He'll so, just walk so around pet. to yeah to all fifty fans giving it a free. <laughs> Symbol, <laughs> wanker. See, Guardiola was on about the um, atmosphere again. Yeah, was he? Because yeah. it's shit. It, for, you, they did like a little video of him, and he was literally kind of like putting his hand mm. to his ear, trying to like pump him up. It's because it's the empty ad. That's what is it? How can they not get it up for a Man City Liverpool game? Um, and then he was saying, "Oh, you know, maybe because it's the twelve thirty kickoff." Oh, they've all been moaning about the bloody 12.30 yeah. kickoff, haven't they? Jürgen loves it, though, didn't he? He had a, he had a little nibble in one of the press conferences, yeah. didn't he, about that? Because he said, thanks for the 12.30. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Wolves just been given a penalty. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking hope it's not Hwang. I couldn't be hyped Hwang. up City just hearing, come on, City, come but that's on, not, City. But that's not even the um, fans. That's the They reportedly, oh, in some areas, they put it on, like a, on the audio speakers. Some guys yeah, like, like the COVID got stuff. it on a loop. To, like, cue it up, be like... <laughs> Come on, quick. Like they're doing baseball when they got the like, organist trying yeah, to get do, it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Charge! Yeah. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, no, not for me. Thank it's you. Fucking on Huang as well. Stupid. That Tim Ream's a donkey. <laughs> Just for context, he does really know because he's, in a, he's in an FPL league with a couple of workmates. It's all very close, and one of them's got a Huang. Huang. Mm. Yeah, he's not the ball, mate. Right then, come on then. Let's, uh, let's get this over with. Let's talk about Newcastle. The longest be- fucking be- second. <laughs> Best game of the game. Right. Do I need easily. to? Do I need to set up a stopwatch um, and have a, a set end moment where we have to stop talking about this? Anyway, <laughs> Newcastle. For I do you know what. I'm not being funny. The first couple of times I came onto the pod originally, I was saying how depressed I was watching football. Surely you should just be happy for me now. Well, I would be if you wouldn't stop going on about him every day on the WhatsApp. Chat. I don't go on about him. <laughs> not every day. <laughs> Not every day. You told Pete to shout goal into when he was climaxing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and? Oh, it didn't work, mate. Oh. <laughs> you mustn't have said it right. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, all jokes aside, this is a, um, a pretty big result um, in the context of both teams, really, um, in the yeah. narratives around both teams. Um, we'll start with Newcastle. Obviously, you know, I think it's, it is worth noting, worth saying on a serious note, that the injuries that Newcastle have had... For a lot of teams in the Premier League chasing European spots and mm. trophies, etc., it would have a really big impact on the team. But it, Newcastle was seen to have really dug in and got through this phase. I mean, I didn't even know Isak was back this weekend. No, I, I thought he, there was a chalk of him coming in, not coming in. So, yeah, that was a very nice surprise. Um, Starting the line. So go on, Ashira. Um, you know, talk to us about the uh, the game itself and and you know how I'm sort of impressed you. I mean, for me personally, the intensity with which Newcastle played at mm-hmm. St James's Park is beginning to feel more and more like a fortress every time I watch Newcastle play there. Yeah. No, like I said, and I think it's full credit to the coaching staff and to Eddie Howell who've put that into the team. That like I said, when you have a look at the game when we lost against Bournemouth, it wasn't a Newcastle performance. You could see that they were all quite leggy. They're all knackered. And it's not surprising we've got 11, 12 players out. Some of them long-term. Some of them will hopefully be back after Christmas. Um, And yeah, like I said, for a 17-year-old to start and play this game in amongst a midfield that's over 100 million, 
and look at home and play really well and assist a diverse goal. That was a lovely pass, by the way. The, 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 the uh, disguise on the pass yeah. was was. You lovely. could hear everyone in the stadium shouting, shoot, and he's just looked up, played it nicely mm-hmm. into Isaac, and he's just scooped it in. Yeah. You just got to say, like you say, the whole credit of like Eddie Howe's philosophy of uh, intensity is our identity and it's that was on display yeah but it, also i mean I, I don't know whether you listened to the pods uh, in the last week mm-hmm. or two but when we last spoke about newcastle the one thing that i've been really impressed with newcastle is that um a little bit like man city where we, we've always said to them that when players come off the bench it's not necessarily just about the quality of what's coming off the bench it's the fact that they slot into the team they know mm-hmm. their job they know their role they know their responsibilities in the team and for Newcastle, it's, it doesn't feel like a million miles off that either because they've had to rotate a lot for, because of injuries and whatever yeah. else. And it just doesn't feel like it's upset anything. It feels like everyone's come in, including the, the teenager you were just talking about. Was it Lewis? I think it's Lewis Miley, 17. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it's a really positive sign that not only is the normal first 11, let's say, on their game and they yeah. know what's going on, but Eddie Howe can be safe in the knowledge that if he does need to make a change for whatever reason, he can have real confidence in whoever's coming in yeah. that they're going to slot straight in. And the, the thing for me is like, you have a look at those who are out at the minute. Like I say, Wilson, who arguably would start normally, depending on how Isaac is. Got Harvey Barnes to come back in. <laughs> I fucking forgot about exactly, him. Who hasn't exactly played really. And then, like I said, then you've got Tonali who's out long-term and that side of things. <laughs> Longstaff. Willock was out at the beginning, like we mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. like I said, that's five, six names who were probably first names on the team sheet or would have been last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've, one of the ones that I have to give credit for is Lascelles as well, who was arguably looking like he was going to be transferred out at some point under the Eddie Howe revolution. But he stepped up and he's done captain's performance time after time and he's yeah just done the business. Yeah, he's been... Very, very good in what I saw at the weekend. He looked like he was commanding that back line really well. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was never his issue. He could always header a ball or he could tackle. He could just couldn't play football. Like, yeah. as a ball-playing centre-back, and that's where Cher is, who is absolutely phenomenal. I yeah. Think he's been so good. And like I said, for Lascelles to step up and do well on that side of things, yeah. I right. can't complain. I mean, the only thing we've really seen of ourselves this season is when he's getting booked for um, winding people up and <laughs> trying to take When throws. he doesn't play. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously Chelsea were, at, you know, they were in this game. This was this was yeah. quite a tight game up to the point where, um, uh, I'm going to say it was 3-1 by this point, so the game was pretty much over at that point. But Chelsea were in this. They had chances. They were creating. They were playing some good football. Um, and it just... Chelsea kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Some really poor marking for Lascelles' goal. Yep. Um, and then instantly from the kickoff, um, there, there was a, a a bit of an inevitability about that because the more that Chelsea tried to keep the ball, yep. and you think, just play it long. You can see the Newcastle pressing you. Just yep. fucking go long, get it away from danger and regroup. And they kept trying to play. They kept trying to play. And then Thiago gets caught in two mines. Um, and Jolinson says, thank you very J7 much. J7 finishes him off. Yeah. Roll, rolls it in. Um, let's talk about um, the, the the Chelsea performance because it f- had felt like Chelsea had turned a corner I know Lee obviously was was very uh, very much looking forward to it. he was the reason I put Reese James in my fantasy league team as well um, but he <laughs> he went one step worse than that. He, he also put Reese James in his team but he also put Cole Palmer in and captained him um, so he, yeah he didn't have uh, much luck but you know I think there was there was fair cause for doing that because the last two performances from Chelsea have been very good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and obviously now Chelsea fans have just got to hope that this is just a bit of a flash in the pan 
Did the international break come at the wrong time for them, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, on the other side of it, it was a perfect time for us to get like Isaac to come back, Cher to come back. But yeah, I think the first half especially was very nip and tuck and it could have gone here or there. But I think the second half, we just overpowered them with the intensity. But yeah, I, I think Chelsea do have a few good players who are playing well with the minute. Sterling, I said the free kick he scored was yeah, that was a lovely, freaking lovely goal. But then you have a look at our bloody right back situation. A couple of years ago, we were saying, "Oh, we got three or four quality right backs," and Rhys James had an absolute stinker. Yeah. On that, on that, no. Let's talk about these these two yellows. Um, Dan, I'll come to you first. What did you think of these two yellows? Um, I think the second one, like he deserved for sure to do that when you're on a yellow card. I don't understand players when they do stuff like that when they're already on a yellow card. And you're 3-1 yeah. three, three down as well. Like, do you, you you're know. not going to do anything. No. No. Mm, it's because um, he fucked up his touch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it Almiron just... or was it Gordon? Gordon, Gordon, Because yeah. so Gordon read what he was going to do and flick it, flick it over. Oh, yeah. And, then, <laughs> he, and, he went. and then he just tugged back his arm and yeah. obviously the players, as soon as they feel that tug, they just go over like a sack of shit nowadays. But which don't blame them, really. No, not um, in that situation. So what about, I think we can all probably agree that the second yellow is justified. What do we think about the first yellow? Because I'm not sure on this one. He's kicked the ball away. Yeah, he's kicked the ball away. Yeah, but... It's all in... The, the, I, look, the I'm not... I'm not the rules of the game I'm now. Not don't saying, kick the ball away. I'm not saying it's not, and I'm not suggesting that um, he hasn't kicked the ball away, but I feel like we see that sort of thing happen so much. And I, if he had proper booted the ball away, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. But he's just sort of flicked it probably five yards around the corner, five, ten yards past Stopped him. us from doing a quick free kick. But I, I do get where you're coming from. The referee right? was at least consistent in the game with it. Yeah, because he did it, it. Yeah, he did it, did it with he Sterling. Did it with Sterling, well. Sterling yeah. Yes, I know. But one thing I've, we were guilty of it is that we were saying about, like, give that person a yellow card. And that's the one thing I hate in football. Yeah. I'm they pretend to like, be like, oh, it should be a yellow card. I said three or four of our players should have been booked for that because that was that's part of the rules, isn't it? Not to well, it was uh, this season. We talked about that, didn't we? A few weeks mm -hmm. ago, how quickly that has all died away. All these, uh, you know, the fact that you're not allowed anybody that crowds around a referee gets instantly yellowed. Yeah, that's it definitely eased that out because there's not been as many yellow cards for that. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, we were seeing like second yellows for a lot of the, you know, I think the Tommy Tommy yeah, Asin almost one. like ten yellow cards a game. For yeah. Teams. Maybe they got bored of the paperwork and thought, no, <laughs> ease up, lads. This is getting a bit out of hand. Or do you think they were getting yeah, so much money for everything else? They're like, oh, let's maybe not. The Christmas party kitty was overflowing. We can't be seen in the Maldives this year. All right, lads, can we, uh, can we tone it down? Um, so, yeah, I think I felt like the first one was a little bit harsh. Timing of the whistle compared to when he did it. I mean, look, he knew what he was doing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that. I just feel like. I can understand why he would have done it and thought he would have got away with it based on everything else that's happened. Yeah. If the referees have suddenly decided that that is no longer a thing and they're going to clamp down on it, then fine. Just but we all know they're the not going to keep the consistency up a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Pete, you know, flashing the pan for Chelsea. I mean, they've got. Let's have a quick look who they've they got next. Um, Brighton at home next. Massive game to get back on the uh, on the winning streak again. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought that Chelsea had turned a corner as well. They're really starting to score goals. Nicholas Jackson is actually doing something up top as soon as you've taken him out of it. <laughs> um, Maybe I'll do that with He Bowie. just needs to stop shushing. Every fucking goal. He's not even him scoring, he's shushing the fans. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't see this result coming. I, Newcastle were really there for the taking in terms of the squad, but um, 
I guess every dog has its day. Yeah, but I mean, Pochettino <laughs> was questioning the. Mar- <laughs> I'm not going to nibble. <laughs> I'm not um, gonna nibble. Pochettino questioning the uh, the mentality of the players um, after the defeat. Is there a bit of a mentality problem there? You know, you know, Chelsea have been, you know, not the Chelsea we've grown to kind of you know be accustomed to over the last ten years. Is there a bit of a mentality problem there where you know they've just let teams off the hook a bit too easy? I just think there's such a high turnover of players they've mm. just lost their identity in a way because they were playing good football. They were, they were arguably in the game at, at a lot of times, especially in the first half, but it, the game just got away from them. They lost their heads, and there's no one really in that squad that can rally them together. Mm. And it, I just, with Chelsea, I just constantly see them being linked with more and more players. Like, mm. it's just. I don't know how, yeah. Yeah, there's but no. I mean, the trouble is with that, though, is that they're a journalist's wet dream, aren't they? Because they can just write anything. Because they know what Chelsea are like. Yeah, but it's not like they don't come through. Like they can then go and sell sign all these players. I've seen them linked with more strikers, and you know they've got Jackson, who's literally just come in. They've got um, what's his face to come back and Kunku to come back. I feel like they ju- they just need to settle everybody. Yeah, down. settle with the players that they've got, and then start to build a team rather than oh, he's not played well for a couple of games. Who else can we get in? <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I think that. Um... You know, I think Chelsea, as Lee, as Lee has alluded to in the last couple of episodes, Chelsea have looked good in terms of the football they've played. It's just been that final end product that's been the problem. I think, from a defensive point of view, this was this was quite unlike Chelsea because they have been pretty rigid at the back. I mean, Sanchez has made a couple of mistakes here. Now, I do feel like if they are going to go and sign another player, a goalkeeper should be one of their um, top priorities on their shopping list. So I don't think Sanchez is good enough for Chelsea. Mm. Um, He's only on loan, though, isn't he? Uh, I thought they'd signed him. I thought they'd loaned him because Kepa's gone on loan to Real Madrid. Or was it like that? A... Happened the other way around though. They, I'm sure they got Sanchez first, and then um, Kepa went out on loan. Well, I thought they were doing it because they knew Kepa was going to Madrid. Possibly. I mean, I mean I don't know. If he's on loan, then that's great for Chelsea because mm. that means they can. I thought they he can, was. Uh, was. He's got a like, loan with an obligation. Yeah, to buy, a bit like Raya to Arsenal. Okay. Go on, Pete, do some, do some googling for me. Digging. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they need they do need to strengthen there. Um, and it's also you know they have got a lot of injuries still. You know they've had a lot of injuries coming and going in that team as well. So um, they they perhaps Pochettino hasn't always had the side that he would want to work with um, on a regular basis. So, but look, things have improved under Pochettino. There's no doubt about it. You know I think this journey was always going to be a rocky run. I don't think anybody really expected them to suddenly win the league or anything like that so I think people are just going to have to be a bit patient with Chelsea the Chelsea fans aren't going to enjoy this all the time they're going to have to expect some crazy results like this every now and then it's not a crazy result <laughs> no way crazy <laughs> result in terms of the fact that they were in the game and somehow ended up losing 4-1 yeah but that's because St James's Park is a fortress is that problem right. for... Oh, look at that. The stopwatch is exposed. <laughs> Must move on. I let you all have your start. <laughs> I was very... For Chelsea as well, is like they don't have European football this season, so they really need to kick on and get back into European football because mm. they haven't got that excuse. Um, the same way Spurs, you know, they, they haven't got those midweek fixtures. So Yeah. And it's, it's all the more worrying that if they do then start going out into the market, trying to bring players in, they can get them back into there. Yes, you can dine out on the fact that you're Chelsea and everything else, and you've got Pochettino as but your that, manager. Well, I suppose that only lasts for so long, doesn't it? Well, exactly. But that, what means is then is that you're Ooh. you're then you're then trying to bring in players who, um, uh, who who are only coming for money and they're coming for the wrong reasons. You know, you have to pay them thirty k a week more to get them in because of the fact that sure um, yeah. was that a headbutt? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure he, he put his 
Well, <laughs> players like to do, they like to put their head in towards everyone. Was, oh, was, it, was it Wish and Bappe? No. Wish and Bappe. Oh, that, oh, I'm pretty sure that's a red card. Oh, he's down. The other guy could have gone down there. He could have gone down. Max Kilman would do such a thing, would he? Um, Sanchez is a permanent. 20 million plus five. A seven-year seven deal. 25 million for him. Yeah. Seven-year deal. Bargain. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's move on. Let's talk about Everton nil Manchester United 3. And let's talk, Dan, about that goal that sent Gary Neville into... I was expecting another Torres <laughs> moment. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, what a goal. I mean, I was what I said to you earlier, Dan, I was sat on the sofa with my kids and I scared the living shit out of my son <laughs> when, that, when that goal went in. Um, just incredible, just out of nothing. I, yeah, mean, I, I guess say, the, these just, goals are, aren't yeah, they? Because you don't expect them. Nowhere, um, so the first question then is, is how do you compare that one to, uh, to Rooney's? Which one's better? Um, I think that one, um, mainly because Rooney's came off his shin um, and Garnaccio almost had to sort of walk backwards away from the goal, facing the wrong way to then sort of bring it back because it went behind him. I feel like Garnaccio um, was a little bit further wider yeah. as well. I think the main thing that you would sort of give the argument towards Rooney is that it was the Manchester derby and it was the winning goal. Yeah. Um, so that's what sort of you know weighs it up towards mm. Rooney's favour. But in terms of the goal itself and the technique, I think you'd have to give it to Garnaccio. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a... As a, an overall game, obviously that um, that goal I really thought was going to sort of like really put the sort of shock into Everton's system. Mm. I thought the Man United would ca- would kick on from there, but actually after that goal, Man United, were, Everton, Man United were on the ropes yeah, for a while, and I was yeah. you know um, fair play to Anana by the way. He really seems to have turned the corner. Mm. He, he made a couple of outstanding saves in this game. I think him, Pope, and Johnson for Palace. I think they've all got top. Clean sheets. Yeah, Anana's actually yeah. kept a lot of clean sheets. So yeah, f- fair play to fair play to Anani. Kept them in the game. I really feel like um, Everton, when they're in those moments in games, I think that's what's going to really hurt them. Obviously, the ten point deduction is its own conversations we had last week. But now that they are have been had that setback, they have to score in those situations. When you're on yeah. top in games for twenty five minutes, you cannot not score, especially with some of the chances they created and missed. I mean that the Decore one where he's let it come across his body yeah. and then just shanked yeah. it wide, like it's criminal to, yeah. to do that, really. Um, but you know, United rode the storm uh, somewhat, got themselves through it, and you know, the start of the second half, I felt like Everton really didn't ever get going in the second half, no. even up to the point the penalty, the penalty really killed off Everton and they did have a little mini revival after Martial scored and they sort of came back in the game once Maynard probably took their mm. foot off the gas a bit. Didn't make me laugh going back to FPL, mate of mine's like kept the faith with Bruno and then he gives the penalty to Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I have, I have enjoyed uh, reading this week is that um, the Man United fans have all been uh, enjoying themselves on Twitter because a lot of Man United fans have been saying that the, one of the reasons that Rashford's form has been so bad is because he broke up with his girlfriend yeah. and he's now just got back with her and all the Man United fans are going, our season starts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, like, so where the season, like last season when he had a really good season, that's when they just got back together. Right, okay. And then at the start is this of this... A thing? Well, at the start of this season, they broke up. And then he's just been pictured out on dates with her again. So basically, all the while Rashford's getting his end away, yeah. he's happy and he's playing <laughs> well. Away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although he was still shit at the weekend. Um, yeah, I don't... And he's banned against Galatasaray, so... 
Oh, of course, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, well, I think the main man to talk about really is Kobe Mainu. Absolutely. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, there must have been a weekend for teenagers yeah. coming coming of age because mm. both uh, Newcastle seventeen year old and Kobe Mainu, they just looked like they belonged. Mm. Uh, I think that's probably the yeah. biggest compliment that you can pay Absolutely. pay them is that they've come in. And I know Kobe Mainu has had like a, a bit of a a rocky road to get to this point mm. because I think he had. So, a He's few playing minutes. really well start the season and then he got injured. Yeah, he got injured, injured in, in yeah. uh, an ankle injury in pre-season. Yeah. And, um, yeah, oh my God, if, if Wolves give away another penalty here, <laughs> I, I, I think Gary O'Neill is going to stab this referee. I, I think this one is a penalty. I haven't really seen it from the angle no, I'm sat here, but... It, um, yeah. Co- yeah, co- back, going back to Kobe Mainu, I mean, he just looks so assured on the ball. You know, when, when you see an 18-year-old come in with that level of confidence mm. on the ball... Um, and he actually it, defended. Yeah, it, it must make you <laughs> make you sort of um, quite. Uh, I don't know, had a, sort of more excited about the future. Yeah, definitely. And to me, as I watched him, I watched the analysis of him on Match of the Day. They sort of done some in-depth analysis on him, and you know, when he got the ball, he wasn't scared of it. He didn't pass it straight back to a centre back. He turned two Everton mm. defenders and was pushing forward and he was yeah. playing balls in behind. And that's what you want from your CDM. You don't want these like... I mean, obviously, every now and again, you've got to go backwards or sideways, but not to like diss Jordan Henderson, but I don't want a player like Jordan Henderson that just goes backwards and sideways. I want someone that's going to try and push the team forward. Yeah. Mm. Um, and if, you know, if we've got an 18-year-old that's already doing that in his sort of first appearances, then I can't wait to see what he's like when he gets a bit more confidence and yeah. stuff like that. And... It's nice to see a player that actually wants to play for the club rather than... pride about it. Yeah, you know, he's he's playing for the shirt rather than a a lot of these players that we've got at the United at the moment are quite happy to just take their 300 grand and do fuck all with it. But it's nice to see a player that actually wants to be playing. I think what really summed up... um, As Fulham have just gone 3-2 up. um, I think what really summed up Kobe Mane's performance was that clearance off the line. Mm. Um, Because, you know, a player... I appreciate that he's played at a good level. He's played at international level, at youth level as well. Um, I think he was voted under 18 player of the mm. year, I think, for United last yeah. year or something like that. Um, so he's obviously a very good player. He's obviously, you know, an intelligent player, etc. But it would be very, very easy in that moment to switch off because he wasn't really involved in that phase of play. He was just kind of there. But he never once switched off and his reactions to go in and clear the ball with the outside mm. of his right foot was just outstanding. And I think that set the tone for him for the rest of the game. It's almost like that moment kind of galvanise him in that point he's like right I fucking belong here mm. yeah. and I'm going to show everyone that I belong here CDM for an 18 year old to come in and play that CDM role I mean you, you know you can stick someone in the cam role and they can disappear and it doesn't matter yeah. quite so much but for that holding it's an integral that, role yeah, yeah I think especially for you where you've had a few kind of players come in and go and take mm. that position a little bit like you said you have a look at Casemiro and Rabat yeah. and then you see a young lad actually take the game by the horns. Yeah. like I said same as Miley just yeah. no fear and just it's just, it. it's just was, quite was, nice that you, we can see these young players being given yeah. a chance because yeah. if you don't know unless you play them, and I've got a similar situation with Mabama at the weekend, yeah. Danny Ings, we might, we were literally playing with 10 men at the weekend. We're not going to talk <laughs> about the West Ham game, but Danny Ings was, was shit. Mabama came off about the last half an hour and although it went down as an own goal, it was his movement that caused the ball yeah. to go in. Um, and then he celebrated off and he was putting his watch going, it's about fucking time, which I thought was quite nice. But it's, you know, you, well, you don't know. I mean, you know, Rashford's, you know, I know he his chance all those years ago was given to him because of the striker crisis you had at the time. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't had that, would he have ever got a look in at United? Probably not. So mm. that's the thing. I think the fan base, like we all are, like if we know what the young players are like when they're coming up. When you look at the pre seasons, or you look at the 
reserve team, how they get on and whatnot. Once you actually get them in the team, you, I think the fans do give them a little bit of leeway and be like, go give them a chance. Yeah. Much more compared to like a guy you buy for 80. Mason Mount coming in or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the list is long with United, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Like I said, you give them a lot more kind of like, oh, yeah, they've got a ton. They're a young lad. They need to get used to it compared to, like you say, a Mason Mount or Amrabat or a, anyone else. Well, I'd say the same with um, Garnacho. Like, you know, Rashford's been playing on that left wing and, and he's been trash all season. Um, and Garnacho plays in the same position. It's an, it annoys me a bit because I think Rashford should have been dropped. I mean, he still hasn't been dropped, but I feel like he should have been dropped ages ago to sort of say, you know, you're not... You need to pick it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, get on the bench, go sort it out with your missus. Yeah. Once you sort that out, you can play. Yeah, because he's, he's taking precious minutes off of someone like Garnacho who could mm. be developing. I think Garnacho could be an absolute world cast player if he, you know, hits the highs that he could possibly what hit. What the fuck has Rashford done with his hair as well? He looks like that woman out of I know, I don't know why he's gone ginger. But... <laughs> he looked, you know, he looks it, like. Um... He's taking inspiration from his favourite Man United player, Wes Brown. <laughs> I would say he looks like. Uh, did anyone ever watch the series Come Fly with Me? Yeah. <laughs> he looks like Precious. Yes. On the, yeah, on the, on the coffee stand. <laughs> Yeah. Got, to cl- the <laughs> got to close the shot for today. <laughs> so it's the same love. He gets selected for England all the time and, and starts. And starts. Yeah. And you think about how many like I know I'm gonna say it because of a Newcastle agenda, but Anthony Gordon's been very consistent and plays very well. Sterling in the same position. One. Sterling. Yeah, neither of them actually in the squad. Yeah, no, it's it is strange, but uh, no, a big win in the context for United because um, despite all the negativity which we've covered at length on this podcast. Well, to be fair, podcast, we're the most informed team. Yeah, that's what I was about team. to say. And you're, you're currently, uh, you know, five and wins out of the last six. You are the worst Man United team for years as well. Yeah, yeah. worst start in like our history, I think. I think that top seven is as is. No, so I think we've got the same amount of wins as Liverpool. Uh, you have indeed. Um, it's just that you've lost more because you haven't drawn any games. Yeah. Um, but you, your your uh, your goal difference is hilarious. You scored sixteen and conceded sixteen. Mm. That's the most that's run the first of the time mill. We've won a game by more than one goal. It is. Yes, you're right. How many um, goals have we scored? Uh, you have scored. Where are you? Thirty one. So almost double. Brighton have scored the most goals in the league. They scored fifty-one, I think. No, that's cons- they haven't scored fifty-one. Fifty-one goals. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they scored all, all, all competitions. Maybe we'd be yeah, bloody yeah, Sheffield United. They scored just on match the day. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, I think that might be twenty twenty-three. Oh yes, Sit down. Twenty <laughs> <laughs> fifty-one goals in thirteen games. I mean, even your team with LMA managers not been doing that. <laughs> it's meant to work. The worst Man United side for years is only five points behind the best City side for years. Mm. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and we're like eight points ahead of but Chelsea. The thing is... <laughs> <laughs> That's not a lovely, lovely one for Leeds to listen to tomorrow. But I find it is... I love what we were saying about how everything is stat-driven about like it's being the worst Man United team. I feel like it's the worst Man United team in terms of how they play. Mm. Not in terms of like like we say with stats because like I said you're above us like I yeah. can't argue with that yeah, yeah, yeah. but I had that um, <laughs> that's big can you see that's big but yeah I, I just think there's I think there is a bit of an agenda against United with that something so I think as we mentioned Spurs will start to drop now yeah well, they already have because yeah. I think with, it shows if Madison's not in that game to create the chances for Son and whoever else I think it's in the I don't think it was name Van der Ven Van Van Ven, I, think, I genuinely think he's a bigger loss. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, we'll talk about the Spurs game in a minute, but creating of chances wasn't necessarily an issue for Spurs. It was yeah. taking them that was the yeah. problem. 
Um, or it was at the weekend anyway. But no, I think, um, man, dare I say it, Man United a little bit, uh, how, do I, how do I put this? Are they just going to be a boring side that just grinds results out? They're not going to excite particularly, but they're just going to be there or thereabouts for European places by just virtue of the fact that they can grind out wins. I don't, I don't understand this. Because like, we've just gone back to playing how we did under Oli. It's, yeah. it's moments football. And that's why I think that's why. Yeah, yeah. I just don't... It's survival football. You know, each game is... It just, just doesn't seem like there's any tactics. It's just hopefully we'll score a world-class goal and it will get us through the game. Well, Ten Hag apparently has said that he doesn't feel like he has the players to coach them to be like he was at Ajax. But half of them were at fucking Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that's a bit of a... If, if that is true, I mean, is that not a bit of a cop-out? 100% that's a cop-out. Yeah. I mean, every manager goes to a team... You're telling, you're telling me that, like, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Anthony, uh, all these players can't fucking play like Ajax if, if given... Co- you're literally coaching them for six hours every day. The worst one is. is Anthony, for me. The fact that he was at Ajax as well. Like... His pony. He just doesn't do anything. Nah. Is Van der Beek still at United? Yeah. yeah. He was on the bench. Oh, was he? Yeah. He didn't come on. I don't think he came on, no. His, what is, I feel so sorry I know. For him. He's, he's like a puppy. Like, it just his career has fun. completely tanked. Yeah. He had the world at his feet a few years ago before he made that United mm. move. And now he's he wanted by like crushed. Real Madrid and all sorts. He's, he's basically a modern day Danny Drinkwater. <laughs> Oh, Deli Alley. Deli Alley, yeah. I mean, he, he's fallen off. So, but I suppose with Deli Alley, that was more of like a mental health side. As it, t- as it turned out, yes. Yeah. It was more to that like story. Say, you wonder what's like, happened with Van Der Beek for him to not... Well, yeah, team. I mean, you, you never know like the true sort of stories behind the closed Because like I say, you think, for me, one of the things I always think is quite weird is the fact that he's given Anthony so many games... And all he does is do a nice little fucking spin round in a circle. How good is he at it, though? No, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't fucking do it. I'm not saying that. But then somebody like Sancho, who, same again, a few years ago, was a world-class player, has been told you're not coming to training, you've got to go sit on your own, you've got to go train on your own. I, I quite like that about uh, Ten Hag, though, That because the problem, one of my biggest problems with United is we've always had too much player power. And I and a, a lot of the managers have been sacked because you know these players have just sort of given up yeah. and and you know they they leak all these stories out to the press and then sooner or later the managers disappear and that's why Ollie lasted so long because he wasn't a manager he was everyone's best mate he was a and big all these pleaser. all these players you know your Maguires your Rashfords they'd play them no matter how shit they were because they were the ones that would get in the mm-hmm. sack. But in the end, the results got him the sack because we were losing to Watford yeah. and all sorts. I have to give Maguire a bit of praise. He's, yeah, he's yeah, come fair on a play. Lot I hate Maguire, stick. but he's done well. Yeah, he's <laughs> done a lot. Can't well. say the same for Mason Mount, but yeah, yeah. Um, that, but, that legendary number seven. Yeah. yeah, but with Ten Hag, you know that he's had so much to deal with the whole Ronaldo situation. He's dealt with Maguire quite well. Um, he's now integrated him back into the team, mm-hmm. and he is starting to play well. Whereas before I felt he was that, I mean, that, you say he's reintegrated back in. He didn't really have a great deal of choice. No, but you know, he's. That, I would say that's more down. The praise there probably deserves to go to Maguire. The fact that yeah. he's grabbed the chance again. Right, I'm back in this team. I've got to do something. And in I fairness, to him, yeah, but that's down to Ten Hag. Is it? Is it? Because he wasn't playing him because he was shit. And now Maguire's taken his chance. Mm, yeah, but if you didn't have the injury crisis, if Martinez was still fit, if Varane was not getting injured... Yeah, they're better would, players. Well, Varane's apparently unsettled now, isn't he? Yeah, because like... Maguire's been playing well and Ten Hag's been picking Maguire. He could have easily just switched straight back to Varane. Yeah. Or Johnny Evans. 
Yeah. All well, he's been one of our best centre backs. So that says a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scores goals too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's um, it's going to be a it weird does, season for United. It does worry me that we're back to Lindelof. Maguire and Lindelof. <laughs> You know, it was just need McTominay and Fred in midfield again. And searching for your best how, uh, team from the 2019 How nice squad. was it, though, to have Luke Shaw back? Yes, very nice. He does make a massive difference. He's a top player, yeah. Luke Shaw. I think Dallow's come on quite well, Yeah, Yeah, Dallow has. And one thing about Anana, he is playing really well, but I watch him and he pisses me off a bit because... Every save has to be a counter yeah. save. <laughs> he just flings himself about. It could come straight at him and he'll like launch himself in the air. Does look good though. Yeah. It's the old Jersey Dudek yeah. back in the day. <laughs> Jersey Dudek. Um right, okay. Let's uh, let's move on then. We're gonna talk uh, Tottenham against Aston Villa. Um for those that saw this game, uh, this was a cracking game of football, um, end to end. This mm. could this could have easily been about a five all. Um, at one point um, I actually felt like uh, Spurs were unlucky I felt like Spurs did deserve something from this game I know they obviously had correctly by the way all those goals disallowed I like I deserve something from this game <laughs> <laughs> well I also had Son so I feel your pain um, but uh, it was such a weird game and this was a little bit like this epitomised Tottenham a little bit over these last few games because this is the third game in the row that not only have they lost but they've lost from winning positions mm. and the first 20 minutes, I mean, Villa could barely get out of their half. Yeah. And I've, at this point, I was thinking, if Spurs can get a second here, they can almost kill this game off now. And we've seen Villa, you know, obviously we know they're a very good team, but we have seen them on the wrong end of a couple of hammerings this season. Um, and then all of a sudden, Tottenham just seemed to sort of like run out of steam. It's like that initial adrenaline rush of being on top. They just drained them a little bit. Um, and it did seem to stem from uh, Matty Cash's rather robust challenge, shall we say, mm. on Benton Corps. Um And poor bloke, who's had a, quite a long-term mm-hmm. injury, just come back, and now he's he's back on the injured list by the looks of it. He's a very good player, that Benton Corps. Yeah. Well. He is, and so, that was seemingly... He's another one that sort of goes under the radar, just does its job. Yeah. yeah. And he's that... a bit nasty as well. Yeah. I think, yeah. He's one of those players you'd love to have in your team, but yeah. you don't hate to play against. And it did, it did change things. Obviously, Spurs won them up at the time, and after that change, it very much felt like Villa... F- found themselves back in the game again and that mm. goal right before half time mm. really made a big difference um, and, the, and the, the substitutes that um, what's his face Emery yeah made for Villa you know taking off key players like Matty Cash and Diaby at half time well Matty Cash manager. was lucky to still be on the pitch yeah. quite frankly so yeah. I think that change had to be made yeah. um, and then Diaby you know just, he just couldn't get in the game yeah. really so but then Leon Bailey comes on not a bad sub to have yeah. no not at all and he, he's he's uh, He's an enigma, Leon Bailey, isn't he? Because he could be like world class mm. if he could just stay fit regularly and have a proper run. Um, so so talented on his left foot, and uh, yeah, Tottenham just couldn't quite get that goal. You know, a couple of disallowed. How long? You know, I suppose we have to take a little bit of, or Spurs fans can take a bit of solace from the fact that they were effectively playing four fullbacks in defence. Yeah, and you had Emerson Royale and Ben Davies at centre back, so. Mm. There's an element of all right, fair enough. They're not at full strength, but is it worrying that they have injuries to maybe two key players? All of a sudden, the the change is instant. We can see it in their team. Their, their confidence mm. is is not there. The cohesion isn't quite there. When you say that, City lost to Bruyne and Rodri that time, and they couldn't pick up any wins in that time. As soon as Rodri was out, Rodri, yeah, is the, is very much that uh, that key part there. Right. I just okay. think you know it's going bad when Brian Gill is playing for Spurs. <laughs> he's fucking trash, isn't he? Roy he's so bad. As well. he, was like, he was trying to think of a word to describe it. He just went, well, it's a bit Spursy. <laughs> <laughs> if Roy Keane is even coming out oh, with that. Yeah. I love Roy Keane. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I mean, what what do you how do you assess this this state that Spurs are currently in? Because this is a real test now because that's, they were yeah. riding high, and now they're on the sort of the downline, and they've the, got to sort this. Yeah, this is the thing that's going to see how the Spurs manager deals with this sort of pressure now because he's been, like I said, doing really well. He's got the fan base behind him or how he does play. And it is brilliant. He's I think he's a very good manager to have in the Premier League. But now, like you say, this gung-ho style of football, now he's got three, four players out. How is that going to affect him? Because like you said, I don't, I don't really like him, but that Romero, even him at the back, he makes strikers think twice about what they're going to do because he's going to <laughs> he's going to boot them up in the air. Whereas, like you said, the guys who are in there, they're not as menacing. With no. that. So you've got Romero, who's that hard tackler. Then you've got Van de Ven, who's a very, very good footballer as well as a defender. Yeah. So that spine in that middle is gone. Like I said, Benton Kerr, Madison, who is also in that spine, gone. So this is going to be a brutal test for them. I think it very hard against Villa, who are a very good team at the minute. Mm-hmm. Emroy. Emery is a very good manager and I think obviously with what happened with Arsenal and them all taking the piss out of him obviously hindered his career as a manager to begin with but now he's built it back up mm. was it Villa in the top four first time since 2009 or whatever it was yeah. they deserve to be there they're playing oh, yeah, fantastic absolutely. football and yeah and you got to give them credit so I think it was a very tough game for him but like you say very good one to watch end to end there's yeah, could have been it could have gone either way. Could have been draw. Could have been Spurs win by the end of it. But it'd be yeah. interesting with the stats actually of the uh, um, disallowed goals for Spurs. They must have had more disallowed goals <laughs> than what Sheffield United have actually scored goals. <laughs> Apparently, Villa are one of the best teams at trapping teams offside. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe it's obviously a deliberate tactic. Yeah, then. he does a very high line. Emery. Yeah. Obviously not as high as Spurs but they're down there nine <laughs> men and they're all halfway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Someone like, lads, you realise they can't be offside in their own <laughs> half, right? But, yeah. I couldn't believe that when they were like down to nine men and they're all lined love, up on the half. But that's why he's a good manager to have. He's so forward thinking. Do I mean, you think like the Spurs play, uh, fans are all you know, forward. yeah, clapping but, and cheering at the end when they got smashed? But that's the thing, my in-laws are all Spurs fans and I speak to them about it in length and you have a look at the managers that they've had before yeah. him yeah fucking <coughs> Mourinho Mourinho De Santos then you had um, Conte. Conte they're all defensive yeah. even the guy who replaced Conte was it was just Conte in a different suit really yeah. basically we smashed them whatever it was like 6-0 oh, wasn't yeah. it yeah and that's the thing they're all defensive thinking managers all they want is gung-ho football they want forward thinking football and that's what they're going to have with him. Yeah. And like I said, they're not going to moan at him for this sort of result because they know what type of football they want to see. We just have a penny for Eric Dyer's thoughts. He sat on the bench while four fullbacks are playing in defence. Emerson Royale and Ben Davis playing ahead of him. It, is, but, is, his, is his career coming to an end at Spurs, do we think? Yeah, 100%. No, it started. <laughs> oh, naughty. That's no, I've never been a fan. I've openly not been a fan of him. But like you said, got United, United, Eric Dyer and Harry oh, Maguire are centre back. <laughs> you just need Phil Jones back as well sponsored by Samsung fridges the pair of them <laughs> yeah I, I think with Eric Dyer as well like you say with them not having that spine in the midfield as well he can easily do that midfield role but obviously there's something not quite right with the type of football he wants to play yeah I mean I, I take your point from earlier when you are saying about that Madison if he's not in the team the creativity dips I know they created chances in this game um, but you have to look at that midfield you know Benton Core mm-hmm. I wouldn't Class him as a creative midfielder. He's got a goal in him, I think, yeah. but he's it's not his main role. 
Um, Brian Gill was was poor. He's <laughs> just not up to it, frankly, not up to the standard. Even Lacelso coming out with the bloody woodwork, like yeah, Lacelso's a potential player that could do it, I guess. But I think with even with all of those guys, even though they're not the greatest of footballers in all that respect, they do like to go forward or look forward. Whereas Eric Dyer, like we said, has got that Scott Park or Jordan Henderson emphasis of backwards, sideways, yeah. backwards, sideways. Where that's not Antwerp. Yeah, absolutely not. So, yeah, I mean, look, this is, we're only, uh, what, four months into Angie's reign here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Biggest after, test now. After a, yeah, it'll be a massive test, but also it'll be, you know, be really interesting to see what he does in the next transfer window or two. You know, the type of player that he looks to bring in, the calibre of player. Does he go for the big names? Does he, you know, look, you know, at other models, you know, people like Brighton, does he take that sort of model, try and find these little gems and bargains around and, and mould them? So it's going to be interesting, but again, I still think Tottenham should be pretty excited. I don't think this is a this result will worry them less than the Chelsea result and the Wolves result. I don't even think the Chelsea result worried them to a degree. No, probably not because you know because of what happened. Extenuating circumstances. Yeah, there. I don't think the Wolves like result that. was a bit of a, a freak one. Obviously, they conceded two goals in like the ninetieth minute. So the only yeah. the only thing that will worry them is the fact that in all three games. They were in the lead. I mean, the, the only thing that would worry them about the Chelsea game, for example, is the fact they were in the lead, they were in control, and they imploded. Mm. Udogi and, and, and Romero just imploded, and the game just you know fell, fell away from them. But yeah. I mean, like Son scoring three goals, and you know, I think two of them were like fractional. Very so, close. Yeah, you know, we're talking millimeters to a completely different result. Yeah. So I don't think it's it's not like panic stations or anything, but they're going to want to get that. Sort of they need to get that result back. Yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, just looking at their fixtures. City next. Yeah, see <laughs> next. Um, then they've got West Ham at home and West oh, there Ham. There we go. They'll be back on track. Hey. Um, to be fair, yeah, West then Ham's they get fucked up in the next game after that. <laughs> West Ham's uh, record against Spurs and Spurs isn't bad. To be fair, though, I think Spurs against City. Spurs usually do better in that fixture. If it was at uh, actually, yeah, even at City, they've had they've been mm. alright, haven't they? Pen um, needed to be a noisy atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like 12, is it? <laughs> but I mean, look, Man City next is obviously a very tough game. Obviously, West Ham's a London derby. Sometimes those games can just kind of be different because it's a London derby. And then they've got Newcastle. Obviously, Newcastle are in very good form at the moment as well. So they've got three really tough fixtures. Romero, I think, is going to miss this one, I think, against City. And we'll be back for ours if it's a three game ban, which I assume it is. Um, and I don't know how many of their other injuries are likely to be back. Obviously, we know that Van Der Ven and Madison's not until the new year. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, big, big test coming up for them. But um, after that, they do hit a, a bit of a patch of easier games, I guess, heading into the new year. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Right, let's move on. Uh, let's uh, rattle yeah, through these eight, last... What? You what? Newcastle yeah, United. No, no. no. Hmm. Sorry, mate, do you want to have your own conversation? Oh, I was just looking at the fixtures. <laughs> just looking at teams in the top half. Near the top. Yeah. I'm in the top half. Not the top, top half. Oh, okay. We're just going to... Sheffield United against Bournemouth then. Um, a little bit of form for Bournemouth all of a sudden. Three yeah, wins in the us. last four. Yeah. Um, you know, we not so long ago talking about... Um, anyway, this we could have dubbed this game El Sacico mm. not too long ago because of these two managers right on the brink. <coughs> All of a sudden now, here we go to Bournemouth, three wins and four. His job is very much safe for the time being, I would I would guess. Fodderingham yeah. could be looking at old El Sacico. <laughs> <laughs> what now was that? What, what on earth was going on there? Um, but I mean, Bournemouth were good value for this, even though the you know that goal was obviously gifted to Cliver, yeah. which was the third one. Um, the first goal, I think, I think it was the first goal, was such a well worked goal. 
And maybe we're just beginning to see Iriola's finally managing to get Bournemouth playing in the style that he wants. Um, yeah. Pete, what did you what did you make of this one? Uh, Sheffield United, do you see any hope for them? Is there any light at this tunnel at all? Not at the moment, no. I don't want to write. Oh, I feel so bad writing teams off, but they're just shit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, I feel like we all said the same about Luton. Yeah, now no, but, a, relegation, but at so. least at least Luton have actually turned and, and fought, which is what I said the other week. Mm. They're the only side down there that's actually bothering to fight. Yeah. And now Bournemouth are, and a few of the other teams have started picking up, but I have no fucking idea what's going on at Sheffield United. I feel like they don't really have uh, a real identity. How many, go- <coughs> how many goals have they conceded this year? A lot. Many. Too many. Many. Uh, 34. Fuck. Um, they are the the worst. Uh, Burnley have conceded thirty two. In fairness, bearing in mind Sheffield United conceded nine of those in one game. We only scored one against both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, bearing in mind Sheffield United, you, you could class that as you know the nine in one game. So Burnley have not been hammered hard by. Any, I think they might have conceded five maybe at home against. And Spurs. Burnley have had a fucking hard yeah. opening set of fixtures. Tim Company say he thought it would be harder. Did he? Yeah, Company said oh, I thought it would be harder than what it is. I mean, you scored you ten four points. <laughs> <laughs> the next team who got four points had a fucking deduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they literally had ten point deduction, and they're still above you in the league. Outrageous, isn't that? Um, so yeah, I, I feel like um, Sheffield United defensively, <coughs> they're just they're hopeless. Then you know they they always look like they're going to concede goals. They, you know, the goals that um, I think it was the second goal I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember which way around it was it was one of them where the marking was just so poor mm. um, and it's those sorts of goals that you give away on a regular basis that will cost you your status in the Premier League yeah. um, and I think it's now just a case of when Sheffield United decide to roll the dice because it feels inevitable that Hecky Bosch is going to get the sack and they're going to roll the dice for somebody else. Sure. But who do they bring in? That's what I was going to say what, what managers looking at that John go oh I, I fancy that so sure do you really think he'd be an inspiration to those? <laughs> one, there's only one man for the job. Sam Allardyce, get him in there. Oh, it, it, surely he's he's had his time. He couldn't keep Leeds up. Surely that's him done now. Yeah, but if he comes in, he gets another little tasty payoff. Oh. Steve Bruce in a job. Uh, no, he's looking to go to Saudi, actually. Is he? <laughs> yep, he's been dubbed. To... Is, is Saudi looking for Steve Bruce? Because it's all very well, all very well him wanting to go out there. He won't be able to have any bacon no sarnies down there. Yeah. He won't have any bacon sarnies or his yeah. pints, so I, I don't think he'd be going down there anytime. Yeah, he so. hasn't done his research, has he? Um, so, yeah, I mean, Pete, who would, you know, any potential targets from the championship that might be able to, or might fancy a crack at Sheffield United? Nathan Jones. Oh, well, in terms of managers. Yeah, managers, yeah. yeah. Neil Warnock getting back in there. Yeah, the managers these days are so unloyal. Chris Wilder? you got to fucking die. <laughs> I don't think he'd go back there. I don't think at all. Um, I don't know. Not any like It wasn't so long ago that he was in the stats, wasn't he? Who's he that? was, yeah. Chris Wilder. Yeah, well, it must be a couple of months ago he was having a little nose around, but <laughs> nothing's happened. Right, how he's still in that job, I've no idea, but... Just loyal to him. I think Chris Wilder was just there, you know, those annoying people who like knock on your door and go, I used to live here. Do you fancy, do you want to have a look around? <laughs> but uh, now I, I worry for Sheffield United massively um, in the same way that we were all worried about Luton, as we said, they do have sort of, there's, there's, there's fight in them. What do, um, what do you think, United, uh, Sheff, sorry, you're not United, Sheffield United's biggest issue is, is it the goal scoring or the leaky defence? I think it's leaky defence. I think you cannot, 
you cannot expect to stay in the division if you if you defend that badly, not in the Premier League. You just don't get away with it. Mm. Um, scoring goals, you know, for, for any promote, newly promoted team historically is almost always a problem unless you happen to have a Mitrovic like Fulham did last year. But even so, like but they sold had Pookie and he was... No, that's true. It, um, but Sheffield United obviously sold two of their better performing players. We've talked about before in, in Dai and, and um, Sander Berger to, to Berlin and Dai, I think, went to France. So... That definitely didn't help. They've not replaced those goals. Um, Cameron Archer, I think he's, he's the one at Sheffield United, isn't he? He yeah. hasn't really kicked on. Good champion, and, uh, really good champion. Bernie. Rian Brewster. Rian Brewster. Is he still there? Yeah, he was playing the other day. Bloody hell. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... <coughs> big money he moved for as well. Yeah. To him. He was gonna be, he's dubbed the next big yeah, thing, he wasn't he, at one point. Um, so, for Sheffield United, yeah, goals is a problem, but you, you cannot... If if your realistic target in most games is that you think you're probably not going to score more than one a game, mm. maybe two every now and then. If you're conceding two, three a game, you've got no, no hope. No. Um, well, like I said with that those sorts of situations, you just got to think if you can't win, you can't lose. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And those you know those points in a, in a in a league, if it's anything like last year, I don't think it's going to be quite as tight with loads of teams being involved in the relegation fights as it was last year. But if it becomes that. Every one of those points could be absolute gold yeah, dust. Yeah, if you're conceding three goals to the teams around you, that's when you need to start worrying. It's, yes. it's different if you're playing a Liverpool or City, but when you're conceding three to Bournemouth, mm. that's worrying at who, home as well. Who, who have Sheffield got next? I think it matters, is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, just like I say, if it is going to be a team that's good cut run, Burnley. Well, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's massive. Is that else? That's got to be El Sakico because Company's got to be on the brink as well, isn't yeah. he? I don't. I don't. I think they'd stick with Company. I, in fairness, I was uh, I was listening to Talksport uh, very briefly on the way back <laughs> from Longley on Saturday, and I was listening to a bit of the six oh six phone in, um, and obviously Burnley effectively snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against us. How we won that game, I've got no idea. Mm. Just two moments of individual brilliance from Kudus, but. They were all saying that whilst they, I think the general feeling is is that they're happy to continue with him for now, but they are worried about his game management, his mm. tactical substitution. I think who's the guy on the left? They're going to be K. Is it Colio Show or something like that? With his name? I'm not sure how you said. Whoever the left winger is, I forget his name. I apologise to any Burnley fans listening, but the guy who was on the left wing, he was giving West Ham a real torrid time, and he looked really good. And I'm fairly certain he got taken off. And I think the Burnley fans are like, he's our biggest attacking threat. We're only one nil up. Why are you taking him off? Mm. Um, so I think there's there's concerns about maybe some naivety tactically from company. Understandable, given he's you know not the most experienced manager. Yeah. But you know when you're down at the bottom end of the league and you're fighting for your life, you think you'd know the Premier League quite well as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I guess you know when you're on the pitch, you're you're when you're not responsible for making those decisions that affect the whole team. Mm. It's a very different kettle of fish, but. You know, when you're one nil up against a team like West Ham, who, you know, we were poor in that game again. We didn't really offer a huge amount of attacking threat. Um, all the highlights, I don't know if anyone saw the game, all the highlights were, was all Burnley mm. up until the last 10 minutes. Um, so those that you have to win, you have to see that game out. Definitely. Um, it's criminal um, for, to, to go ahead and lose that. But yeah, next one, next weekend, 2nd of December, Burnley against Sheffield United. That is an absolutely yeah, that's humongous a six point game. game isn't it? it really is. <laughs> uh, and they need it because you look at their fixtures afterwards, Liverpool, Brentford, Chelsea, Villa. Um, oh, so get, that's a that's a tough that run. That doesn't get any easier. Um, then they get Luton uh, on Boxing Day before they play uh, Man City and then West Ham. So yeah, they, they're going to have to find some points from somewhere. And you, see, you look at that and you don't think there's going to be any points them in that game outside of Burnley uh, I don't see them getting points from any of those next sort of four or five games 
Brentford, they're a weird team at the moment. Brentford, you don't mm. quite know what you're going to get from them. So there's half a chance there, I suppose. But Liverpool, like, Chelsea, Chelsea. As we've seen, though, there might just be a random result coming out. Well, they need that, right? City. Every every Yeah, imagine, or against Liverpool. Yeah, like every relegated one. team or every relegated threatened team has to have the ability to find those shock results every now and then. Yeah. Um, because that can make or break it for them. So, uh, yeah, massive for them. Huge result for Bournemouth. They appear to be on the up. Um, good to see, I guess, because you don't want to see... I, I like Bournemouth. I don't know why I've always had a bit of a soft spot for them. Um, so to see Probably them... Probably one of the best teams on the South Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very lame attempt at a nibble there. Uh, right, let's move on uh, for another team on the South Coast, actually. Uh, we'll finish <laughs> off with uh, Nottingham Forest against Brighton. Um, fantastic game of football. Apparently there was a grand total of seven perverts who uh, triple captained <laughs> Morgan Gibbs-White this weekend. What? Really? Seven FPL managers uh, cap- triple captained Morgan Gibbs-White. Sandra Tonali's been giving out betting. <laughs> I mean, there is no situation, there is no game that Forrest could ever go into. Even if they were playing Sheffield United, there is no way I'm ever going to triple captain a Nottingham Forest player. I just don't care. It's just not happening. So I'd have called that an L, though, because he didn't really get that many points. No, but then it wasn't a big scoring weekend for anybody. So. No, but you've got the rest of the FPL season. You triple captain that's the problem, points. isn't it? Wait for, a tri- wait for a double game week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, City have got a blank coming up soon, so they're going to have to have a double game week coming up. Yeah, exactly that. So, um, yeah, but no, a cracking game of football, this one. Um, ended up with with Brighton um, taking the win. As we spoke about last week, this is the first Brighton Premier League win since September. Um, so, you wow. could, you know, the celebrations that, um, that we saw at the end... That you know, if you didn't know that piece of information, you would think, yeah. "Why are they celebrating so hard?" Like some sort of cut fight. Yeah, <laughs> why are they celebrating so hard? It's because it's their first yeah, win in September. Deserby even shook his hand. He just sprinted straight onto the pitch. No, yeah. Deserby did go a bit mad at the end, but I, I think there might have been a little bit of needle in this game mm. um, because we had obviously we had two penalties in this game. We had the Lewis Dunk red card. Um, Shira, do you want to um, ask your question now? The one you put in the chat just before we started. Oh, it was. Da-da-da-da. Uh, Lewis Dunk was recently sent off for Brighton with a straight red for abusing the referee. He called him a bald cunt, by the way. <laughs> it, it was the last player to be sent off for abusing the referee. I feel like it's a while ago because you just don't, you just don't see it. You see yellow cards for this game, <laughs> but you very rarely see anyone get sent off. I mean, King comes straight I'm, to I'm pretty sure I know this, but go for I don't it. really want to yeah, say it. I want to give them to Go for it. Is it Neil Warpay? Nope. Mm, is it another Brighton player? Is that why the, is it no. why the questions come up? No, this, my source is Will trust Kelly me, Lord and Aaron Creswell, so very trustworthy people. Okay. Um, <coughs> you're probably gonna. You're either going to have to narrow it down or, or tell us. I think he's an absolute wanker. Right. Lee Camel. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Lee Camel was the last man to see red for the same offence, but this was way back in 2011. Mm. So it's 12 years since a Premier League footballer has been sent off for dissent. Lewis Dunn that is, is not mad. the person I would have thought. <laughs> Would be the Tell person you. to break that, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, apparently, um, apparently he's, he's already apologised and everything. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an odd one because I think it was a straight red as well, wasn't it? It wasn't even a second Ooh, yellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we knew. Wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, we knew he must have said something bad because you see the way Taylor reacted. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe the uh, the level of abuse at referees in Premier League isn't quite as harsh as we may think. Maybe it's more just sort of like being bitchy. 
and sarky with referees rather than outright abuse. I don't know. But um, yeah, massive win though for Brighton. Uh, Joe Pedro getting a couple of goals as well. He needed that. He had a, <laughs> yeah, a rough start to the season. I think we all thought he would really be a big player for Brighton this year. Um, I don't really know what else to say with this game. I mean, Nottingham Forest, they, they still continue to impress me though. I still like what I'm seeing from Forest. Defensively, obviously they weren't great in this game. Um, Dan, what, what's your feelings when you see Alanga play? Do you do you still wish maybe he was at United? No. He, no? no. <laughs> I feel like he's been playing really, really well for Forest. I just, when you look at Anthony, yeah, for example. I feel like Pereira's done really well for Fulham, but I wouldn't yeah. have him back at United. No? No. Not if you could trade him for Mason Mount. Mm. Or, and you could trade Alanga for either Sancho or Anthony. Because surely Alanga is... Nah, would be more useful not, to United than those two. Well, yeah, but no, they're not good enough. I don't want to take average players to get rid of twats. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> just replace them with good players that want to play for the club. Um, I think Alanga at Forest is that's his level. It's a good, it's fit. A good fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not a, a United or a, a Newcastle player. I don't think he's top teams. He's, yeah. See, I was kind, huh? You were. <laughs> Considering that we had a nice sort of heated debate over the weekend. I don't think he's up to the to the level to play top six football. Um, I think he's in a good place. and Good know, mid-team, yeah, mid-team player, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, with, with Forrest, um, I think that this season, if they can just sort of establish themselves as a, as a sort of fairly regular Premier League team, I think that would be... A massive season for Spurs. I think they've settled down Forest. really well um, compared to last season when they, you know, bought in fifty-five players yeah. and it was yeah. a bit hectic. Um, well, I think this is what Chelsea need to look at because that, you know, I feel like they've calmed down on that front now and, and they've seemed to have found a, a base, you know, with with the the players that they're selecting. You sort yeah. of see familiar faces, um, whereas Chelsea seem to constantly rotate still that's the thing I think with Chelsea you don't know what that strongest 11 is yeah 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 I think Steve Cooper would be pleased that they haven't I like Steve him. Cooper as well yeah yeah. well there was a lot of talk about him um, maybe coming in to replace Moyes um, really? I wouldn't be I wouldn't be massively upset with that to be honest, because I, I think Steve Cooper's done a very good job at Forest. I just there's there's too many unknowns in it for me. That's the only problem. But I guess there's going to be loads of unknowns with whoever we bring in. But um, yeah, I, I feel like Forest have got a a really good base now. I feel like Cooper knows what his best side is for the most part. You can pretty much look at that Forest team and be able to pick out those players now that you can almost guarantee you're going to play. Of course, the big test, as we've said before, is going to come in the African Cup of Nations mm. and, and how they deal with yeah, they've got a, lot. a good chunk of their team yeah, going out to, uh, to to that tournament. So. Um, I see him at one year and miss it now. Uh, yes, because he's on fairly long-term injury, yeah. isn't he? Um, but they'll lose people like Sang- Sangare and um, I d- don't know if... Um, well, I'm <laughs> trying to... There's like eight of them to choose. I know. I've had a complete mind blank here. Hopefully that's not in the quiz later. Um, but anyway, they will lose a number of players, as we know. But it depends on how far they get through that tournament. Because if they all get knocked out in the group stages, they'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, yeah true. Um, so, um, yeah, right. Okay, um, we will then begin now to round out the show. And we will start, first of all, with this. Down the stat, man. Um, so one of the goal scorers from this weekend's matches um, is now only the third player to have scored a goal in each of Europe's top five leagues. But who is it? <clears throat> it's really annoying because I think I saw this on like Instagram or something. <laughs> 
I can't remember who. He's got to be a bit of a journeyman, isn't he? If he's yeah. if he's been around all them leagues, so he can't be a particularly young player. No. Um, so how many goals has he scored? Sorry. He scored one goal in yeah, each. Yeah, at of least Europe's one goal in each top of five top leagues. Oh, leagues. Right. Okay. Um, or at least one. Yeah. So yeah, this was his first Premier League goal. And he scored this weekend. Yeah. I'm trying to think who played who and who. That's done me. <laughs> I said it was in my. I've seen it on the old reel, and now it's just absolutely gone out my head. Give Give us a clue, because we. Um, he doesn't play for one of the in brackets top six teams. No. Oh, I'm saying so he's like French or German. You don't really see many Spanish players going across to France and. Oh, it's not. Um, Germany, is it? It's not Justin Clymer, is it? It's Justin. Yeah. Clymer. What a shell that is. Mm-hmm. Forgot he's Great he's been around a bit, yeah. hasn't he? Played for Roma, RB Leipzig, Nice, <coughs> Valencia, and now Bournemouth. Fair. Great show. I didn't know. I didn't I mean that was a little bit of an educated guess because because I know he's been in a couple of countries. I didn't know I didn't know he played for RB Leipzig at one point. Have you got the one the other ones that have done it? So yeah, I, we I know um one of the other ones. Yeah. Um, but the first one to do it was before our time. I can't oh, okay. remember who he was. But yeah, if you want to have a guess at the other one, he's a bit more recent. Slatan? No. It's a good yeah, shout. Great count. Uh, Jovetic? Yeah, Jovetic. Well done. Well done. Oh, Jesus Christ. How did you get that quicker than Justin Clark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you remember that part of the reel, did you? I, I must have done. <laughs> that must have been my autism zoning shot. in on that. How many years would we have been here guessing He's that? He's probably got some sort of link to Newcastle. <laughs> well, I said Clover's probably got more of a link, hasn't he? Yeah. His, His dad, dad played. played. Yeah. Yeah. Jovetic was City. City. Yeah. City. Yeah. But, uh, right, uh, Pete, do you have a quiz for us this evening? I do indeed. Lovely old job. No, just because I'm not going to... That wasn't me, that wasn't me saying, right, fucking hurry up. Down. <laughs> no, it was not. Don't don't you dare. Hurry up. <laughs> I mean, it's been so long since we've done a quiz with just you and Dan. Yeah. I, I did think the... about this. Like, if we're going to get Shira and Lee on regularly, which I'm all for, mm. we might have to... Um, what was the score in ours? That's what I'm trying to think of. I know that you... I think I was winning, wasn't I? Was it like 4-3 or something like that? I think it was close. Yeah. It was either that or Dan was winning like 9-1 or something. No. We had... <laughs> I think that was it. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I won't be having any of that. I'm thinking about LMA. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, right. We won't bother with the head-to-heads for you two for this week. And no, that's fine. Just, I think we'll maybe... We'll figure we'll it out. Work out what the score is and then um, maybe we'll have a... Uh, I don't know. A one-week decider or something like that. Golden goal. Yeah, golden goal type thing. So, sorry, actually, just before we start that, I saw the most incredible story this week. I think I did share it on the podcast uh, mm. WhatsApp group. Um, <coughs> it was a match in like Barbados or someone like this. Did oh, yeah, see this? I, I watched it. Unbelievable. Right, so basically, <laughs> it, it came down to, um, uh, I, th- I think it was either a group game or... Uh, a league match where like they would win the league or something like that and like basically qualifying for something qualifying for something qualifying for tour whatever it was and the home team we'll call them Barbados A for the sake of this they uh, they they realised that all they needed to do was um, was win the game 
uh, by two clear goals. That was it, yeah. Um, to make sure that they got through automatically to the next stage of whatever this competition was. <clears throat> so they were 2-0 up, um, heading in towards the end of the game. The other team then scored um, to make it 2-1, which would mean that that team um, would would go through. Um, I think I'm t- I need to make sure I get this punchline right because it's absolutely genius. If I get this wrong, it's going to fuck it. Um, so effectively, the golden goal in this particular league counted for two goals, right? So if they waited, um, I think they, they ended up getting back to two all, actually, I think, as well. They had to score the own goal, didn't they, to make it two all so they could go into overtime to get the goal. Exactly goal right, yeah. It. So uh, they had to find themselves defending both goals <laughs> because they didn't want to <laughs> score... Um, and they didn't want to concede, didn't want to concede either. Time. So, yeah, they were, they were having to defend both goals effectively. And I think they ended up did get it, taking it to golden goal. Um, I've, I've absolutely butchered this story, to be honest. <laughs> You've lost me. I've, lo- I've, really, I've lost myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've absolutely, I might cut this out of the podcast. Like, right, that's enough of that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll skip the quiz no. this week. <laughs> I just love the fact that you just told Peter to hurry up. And now I did not tell him to hurry up. I've got a massive tangent on the story you've not, not got right. Fucking bastards. <laughs> right. I might cut that out of the show. You've <laughs> you got, you got to keep it now just for that. I've absolutely butchered it. Well, I can hear that story. That's quite interesting. Thanks, man. I'll find, I'll find the actual story and send it to you as well. Now, now hurry up with your quiz. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, get on with it. <laughs> no fucking introductions at all there. <laughs> Question number one. Barbados. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Erling Haaland has uh, only failed to score against two Premier League opponents. Who are they? This is this is pre last. So how so how are we doing this? Are we shouting out? Are we, we, just are we, shout, uh, shout are we just yeah? Are just we... shout it out. Let's just whoever gets some Forest. No. Brighton. No. Everton. No. Wolves. No. New, Newcastle. <laughs> No. I know it's not United. I know it ain't West Ham either. Arsenal? No. (coughs) London Club? Chelsea? No, no. Palace? No. Fulham? No. (laughs) Watford? No. Chelsea? No. I thought you just said Chelsea as well. Spurs? Brentford? No. Yes. Brentford. The last fucking London. (laughs) Brentford of all (laughs) week. East End Wanderers FC. <laughs> there's another one, is there? <coughs> no, that was pre, so oh, he okay. hadn't scored against Liverpool. Oh, but he has okay. now. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> um, which Burnley player has the second most shots about scoring in the league this season? Without scoring? Yeah. Taylor? No. Uh... I'm going to be honest with you, I can't even name. Is it Coley Osho? Yes, there you go, he saved you. <laughs> I was saying, I couldn't name two very really fucking Burnley players. I, I can't even name. Lyle Taylor. Really. Well, Jay Rodriguez. Santa Berg, Foster, Rodriguez. He scored the penalty against us this weekend. Fucking hell. Who's the other striker? With Jay Rodriguez. I can't remember how Jay Rodriguez. Have they still got like, um, <coughs> who was the guy? It was Chris Wood and somebody else. They had Vekhorst there. <laughs> who, who was the Penny other was it, he's, he's still there isn't he or was he... he's on loan or again yeah. <laughs> um, who, was, who was the other player there up front bit of an um, old school striker ah yeah. it was Chris Wood and him with like the uh, the Sean Dyche specials oh not Charlie is it... Adams is it no no, 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 no he's Blackpool Vokes yeah Savoke's one was another one wasn't just him it was somebody else Barnes Ashley Barnes Ashley, Ashley Barnes, Barnes yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah proper old school striker yeah, yeah. 
Okay, all right. Well, number three. Uh, which Luton player faced their former club on the weekend? Uh, Luton. Barclay? They, 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 play, they um, play Palace, so. Check code. Oh, no. Um, it was Andros Townsend. Uh, indeed. Who am I trying to think of? Coyote. That's his name. Coyote. <coughs> Coyote, <laughs> Just a true or false one. Um, Cole Palmer has scored all of his Premier League goals this season from a penalty. Yeah, true. 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 Most yeah. overrated player in the Premier League. Oh! <laughs> feel free to say that when Lee's not here. Um, well, that's killed the this is, <laughs> that, that, I'm just waiting for Lee to knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking what? <laughs> Looking forward to that text message. <laughs> this, this is pre this weekend. Okay. Um, Brighton would set a Premier League record if they what for a 17th straight match? Um, Lost? No, it's um, <laughs> scored and conceded in the same game. Oh, yeah. Nice. But you really wish that you were yeah. doing this this week, wouldn't you? Oh, I don't need too much. No, I'm better. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. 16, just put it out there, 16 games in a row now Brighton have scored and conceded. <coughs> That's yeah. why when you look at the table, they might have scored a lot of goals. They've also conceded. Um, but they have... Oh, he did do the Sue as well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, 28 goals scored, What's 23 not? conceded. The, the podcast. He's a knobhead, isn't he? He's a knobhead. He needs to sort his eyebrows out. Who? Who's going to Yeah, knobhead. <laughs> You moaned like the quiz master then. No, he's already minded the pace of this. How so. dare you? <laughs> we keep getting distracted. Right, next one. Uh, which of these Arsenal players did not score in the corresponding fixture last season? Jesus, Saka, Saliba, or Vieira? What do you mean the corresponding fixture? So when they played them last season? Yes. Who? Arsenal Brentford. Oh, Arsenal Brentford. No, keep up, mate. Who were the players against, Ray? <laughs> Jesus, Saka, Saliba, Vieira. Jesus. Vieira. Um, you forgot the players again. Yeah. <laughs> Saka. Well, he's had a stab and he's got it right. Saka. <laughs> um, that, that was just a ploy. I knew all along. Yeah, yeah. Um, how many Premier League goals has Son scored in home matches against Villa? That counted. <laughs> that counts. Yeah. Uh, None. Oh, you think this is a trick question? Mm. Five. Oh, I was going to say five. I'm going to go seven. Dan's right. None. Dirty from the quiz master throwing <laughs> in trick questions. Uh, who scored the winning goal in a 2 1 victory last season against Everton and Man United? Against Everton and Man United. Yeah, was so it a triple threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it? It was a two-one victory. Saying so who scored? For, for, the who's, goal? Who won? United. Who scored the winning goal? For United. Yeah. Well, no, but either team. Oh. Did they win two-one last season, or did Everton beat you two-one? Everton beat us. I'm pretty sure it was last game of the season. I'll, I'll make it easier for you. You won two-one. Oh. There's no faith in this team, is there? <laughs> <laughs> um. I will go with Dwight McNeil. Oh, United. <laughs> Wait, he literally said United won. United won. won. Oh, sorry. You literally said you've got no faith in your team. <laughs> You're right, I did. That's your guess now, sorry. 
It could have been an angle. <laughs> uh, McTominay. I'll go for Rashford. Bruno. Ronaldo. Oh. Mm, the forgotten man. <laughs> Did you see the fucking Piers Morgan yesterday? No. So after Garnacho scored that goal, he tweeted him and said, congratulations for scoring the second best um, over no. a kick ever scored. He's, he's, not he's ass, literally just stopped licking his bum hole. Stop he's, it. he's sucking off the Tate brothers now in his interview. Yeah, I know he is. He, was, he did another interview with Andrew Tate yesterday, didn't he, or whatever it was. Right, last one. Uh, which of these players has not played for both teams? Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the wrong fucking question. So you have to give us a little like, bit more to <laughs> Fulham and Wolves, which of these players have not played for both teams? Craig Dawson, Mario Lamina, Raul Jimenez, or Adama Traore? The first one. Craig Dawson, yeah. 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 The other three are still there. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Oh dear. Right. Um, so that brings us to the end of proceedings. Uh, normal services resumed in terms of the length of the podcast tonight, now that we've actually got some stuff to talk about. Um, for those of you who've been watching the NMA Manager series on YouTube, I strongly urge you to make sure you watch tomorrow's one. Um, because, quite frankly, the worst refereeing <laughs> scuff game thing that's happened in all the series that we've done, all these seasons we've done, happened, of course, to me. Um, so make sure you watch tomorrow's anime to find out what it was that happened. I, I to this day, I still can't quite believe um, that it happened. So yeah, you got that to look forward to tomorrow. Um, and yes, we will be back uh, next week. We are closing in on December. We'll s- probably have to start thinking about our Christmas schedule soon and when the games land and who can do what and when we need to do things um and um yeah we might even have a little cheeky christmas competition for you as well so make sure you stay tuned to all that but until then thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next week goodbye